I kept thinking of like I've always thought of this movie as oh that movie with the Flow Rida song in the trailer, which uh, I'm still not sure if that's this movie because I think there was a Flow Rida song. It seems to fit, but, but I, I feel like there was one in there. There was a point where I was there talking. There was definitely about, a Flow Rida song uh, after the like fifteen. Black Eyed Peas songs. Yeah, I think they used Boom Boom Pow on like three separate occasions, and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need this, please. Yeah, I mean, it was at least good to know that the guinea pigs had a feeling that tonight was going to be a good night. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling. Uh, Man, I miss the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> I kind of rejoice on their death, but uh, I'll take Monkey Business, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, I'll uh, take Monkey from Corn. Oh yeah, we're we're fucking rolling, by the way. Yeah, I'm fucking rolling. I dropped a bean about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> hey. Cage fight. Oh, yeah. Cage fight. Well, hello, and welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. I am your host, Nick Laser. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm uh, Mike at Darth Mike D on Twitter and Doctor Strange Coochie on the Walmart customer review forums. Ah, so I'm just Zach. That's we got Zach here. And um, today we are here to talk to you about. Oh two... fuck me! Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I'm just sorry. keep going. That's fine. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We're really looking for a new guy, and I'm trying to drop subtle hints, but uh, we've been trying to push him out for weeks now. Um, uh, Dave, up on the, up on those boards, up on the boards. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, see, we need a new guy because when I say he's up on the boards, he's up on some two by fours, <laughs> and like I had to go hit record on the actual boards before this. So yeah, and uh, while he's standing on the two by fours, he's rebounding a bunch of basketballs. <laughs> Ballers, I put numbers on the board. A writer of the famous. Okay, that just got him back. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, we're not... hard to get a handle on this double edge sword. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> so that's uh, we'll push a T on the books when we're done. Yeah, yeah. So today, uh, push a T versus Drake. Um, uh, it's a little win? old, but yeah, it's a little dated at this point. But I'd like to think um, now we can throw Drake's son into the ring and uh, put push a T and Drake on like two opposite sides of the ring. And then see which one he goes to. Yeah. He's like, you revealed my existence. You're my real dad. Yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa T. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what, what we're actually talking about is G-Force uh, and um, Stolen, which I keep forgetting the incredibly generic title of. It's, uh, um, it's not taken. It is taken, <laughs> but it's, it's not taken. taken. <laughs> Indeed. Not taken and G-Force. So, uh, I think we can probably start this off with some talk about G-Force. We'll just do it chronologically, because, uh, I don't have very strong thoughts on either of these films. <laughs> um, I, I wish I could say the same. Uh, these are, both of these movies are cases where, like, I watched it, I had very low expectations, and then I had to pause about ten minutes in to order the Blu-ray on Amazon, <laughs> because I could tell these are movies I'm going to be... <laughs> Watching frequently, even if I don't have to. Uh, uh, often in the future. Yeah. Yeah, see, I just have this policy where I don't ever watch anything twice, ever, so... And that's fair. Yeah. I just... Uh, From now on, uh, coming up, like, when we get to the rematches, or the when we get to round two of this podcast, 
you guys are going to have to do a lot of the legwork because I'm not going to remember <laughs> a lot of what's going on here. But hey, uh, I'm, I'm cool with that because... We're actually just kicking you off for those ones. Ah, uh, well, fine. It's acceptable, but I am going <laughs> to edit your voices out and... Uh, and just... you'll redub over all of our parts? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't even matter which one of these movies advances because I got them both on Blu-ray, so I'm fucking set. I don't know. I, I thought both of these movies exceeded my expectations mainly because yeah. my expectations were so low yeah i had i had pretty low expectations for both of them and i think they about hit where my expectations were <laughs> maybe i just had higher expectations than you because I, I don't know i saw g-force was put out by disney so i thought even though it looked really stupid that it might have a bit of quality to it you know like disney doesn't often put out just horrible garbage properties yeah um I, but instead, I, I got ego death from that movie. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing, but uh, the deeper I got into the movie, the more I realized like these are not Disney characters you see on uh, merchandise or anything. Still, it's uh, a conspiracy, <laughs> right? It's, they're being held back. Uh, they're being snuffed out by the International Anti Guinea Pig Foundation and Big Lion King. Or maybe this was based on a true story, and the government doesn't want you to know. That the is, government is lying to you. I don't <laughs> believe what they say. Because the government is lying. Anti-flag. I am pro-flag, and I have my hand over my heart while I'm saying this. And I hey, anti-flag uh, isn't anti-American, man. Um, well, it sounds like a bunch of freaking uh, commies, bro. Uh, and we're patriots here on the Cage Fight Podcast. Oh, yeah. Um... I'm such a patriot. I have a patriot missile. Yeah, um, I drive a Dodge. <laughs> I I'm such a shot patriot. My wife. <laughs> I, I drive a Honda. <laughs> uh, have you seen those Kia commercials? Uh, which ones? The ones where they present Kia as though it's an American car company. Oh yes, where they're he's driving through a farm field with like a mud covered cow and like talking about it being rugged and all-american in this suv that looks like it's never left the city before <laughs> yeah well it's like there are a whole bunch of shots of like american like auto workers in it for some reason yeah from this korean company i mean i think koreans can be rugged too and I've, i think it's about time uh the american dennis audience is uh, yeah <laughs> if dennis rodman taught us anything it's that uh koreans are jacked and they're cool to hang out with exactly so what are we talking about? Uh, cage fight. G-Force. So G-Force um, is one of four Nicolas Cage Disney movies. Uh, really? Yeah. I didn't know he had... Oh, I guess Into the Spider-Verse is technically owned by Disney now. That, that's not one of the ones... No, it's Sony. Yeah. Oh, is it? I thought that they finally got the rights to it with him being in Civil War and stuff. No, they uh, made a deal to allow the oh, character to be used. It's the licensing deal. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is... Well, I'm uh, a big dumb dummy, so I don't know why you listen to me, because I don't know about movie stuff. Uh, Nick's fucking <laughs> stupid. Uh, we got <laughs> this that This is down. the Nick Sucks podcast. <laughs> um, and Nick's sucking our dicks right now. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I just got upgraded. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of four Nicolas Cage Disney movies, unless he's done one while I was talking about this. Uh, the other three are the National Treasure movies. Oh, um, I didn't and know those were Disney owned. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh yeah, which I just found out recently. They consider that to be part of the Fantasia universe. 
Oh. Which... That's uh, a thing? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just found this out recently. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is named after the first bit in Fantasia, where Mickey is the sorcerer and he accidentally creates all the extra brooms that come to... Yeah. You know. It's also the name of the first uh, Harry Potter book. Oh, yeah. Um, apparently, uh, they're, they're making more bits or more full-length live-action movies based off bits in Fantasia. They already made a second one that like flopped in like 20... 16 or something what like that it? and there's another one coming out i don't remember what it is because was nicholas cage in any of them other than sorcerer's apprentice no then uh, they don't that, matter it's that's true. where they fucked up yeah he's uh he's the thing that will propel them to stardom clearly i mean disney's got like seven of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time and nicholas cage was in four disney movies you know so the like, math adds up yeah exactly <laughs> and there's a lot of people out here that um are saying uh that you know, Disney's buying uh, too many intellectual properties and stuff, and Disney's going to own everything one day. And all I'm saying is, hey, as long as they're putting Cajun movies, I'm okay with that. Exactly. Anyways, G-Force, uh, Disney movie, it is. Uh, also, it, well, produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Jerry Bruckheimer Films. Oh, which, yeah. Um, rated PG, came out in 2009. Wait, before you get into it, I just want to, uh, to preface this. Say the director's name. What's the director's name? Uh, Hoyt H. Yeatman Jr. Yeatman <laughs> directed this shit. <laughs> so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> That's a Yeatman guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> this is the yeatest movie that we have watched so far. Indeed. It's very yeety. And um, according to his IMDb page, he directed this and one other movie, which uh, for some reason I didn't bother to write down because I'm I'm really prepared for this. Yeah, this, this was <laughs> because his... I'm fundamentally bad at my job. <laughs> uh, this was his directorial debut, um, but it was so good he decided to stop making anything important anyway. Yep. So whatever else he directed. Oh wait, hold on here. It says oh I guess he wasn't directing these other movies. Yeah, he also directed Asteroid Adventure. That's what it is. Yeah, and he did. Uh, Apparently, well he's uh, worked uh, as a visual effects artist with uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and a lot of other pictures. Uh, he's worked on Armageddon and two other Cage movies, The Rock and Con Air. Mm. So we will see these uh, cats reunited. Still disappointed that The Rock doesn't have The Rock in opposite Nick Cage. It's cause... really a huge oversight. Missed opportunity for sure. Yeah, I I really hope there's a reboot um, once Sean Connery is safely dead and can't be in the movie. Um, Runtime of 90 minutes for G-Force. Smooth. Budget of 150 fucking million dollars, uh, which I believe is like the highest, tied for the highest or second highest budget of any Cage movie we watched so far in this entire yeah. thing. And uh, um, if, if you're wondering how 150 million could be spent on uh, in a half animated guinea pig movie, uh, watching the movie will not explain any of that to you. Nope, not uh, at all. So there's that. Um, the box office gross was just shy of $300 million. So this is another one in the black, yeah. uh, which I, I think it, I'm going to have to double check again after this, but I think that's the third movie, maybe the fourth. Yeah, not, not many. Um, and I don't know if this didn't have the Disney stamp on it. I don't know if it would have, it, it definitely does. It seems like a DreamWorks movie or something. It seems like, uh, it seems like an off brand 
animated yeah. movie. It's yeah, like it a... really doesn't feel like a Disney movie. I, I was thinking it seemed DreamWorksy, and yeah, yeah, it's... not to shit on DreamWorks, but basically your shit's trash uh, <laughs> compared to Pixar. So that's what Fuck we got you, out Mr. of this Katzenberg. one. Um, this was written by. Uh, this is our first uh, written by husband and wife team, the Wibberleys. <gasps> wow. Yeah. They Wait, are... the Wibberleys wrote this? Yes. Because I had a in my notes that director Hoyt Eatman Jr.'s son, Hoyt Eatman IV, <laughs> <laughs> came up with the idea for this movie when he was five years old. He di- he got the story by credit. <laughs> oh, okay. The fourth Yeatman got the story by credit. The Wibberleys came in. Cormac and Marianne, which uh, don't have to look them up, they're white. Uh, <laughs> in my notes, I I don't remember writing this, but I wrote some married assholes whose other work includes uh, they got a story by on Bad Boys Two, and they wrote the National Treasure movies. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So they've worked with Cage before. Actually, uh, we won't get into Stolen yet, but the writer for Stolen is working on the new Bad Boys movie. Oh, really? So there's some weird. Uh, correlations between these two which we definitely planned and did on purpose yeah it was 100 percent on purpose yep. just like uh the the halloween episode last last time that will almost certainly not be out on halloween but it's uh it's it probably doesn't sound like it to the listener but we've basically been workshopping this entire podcast for about 10 years yeah uh just cross-referencing writers, directors, and studios. In those 10 years, only more and more work has been made by Cage that we've had to keep track of, and yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot, guys. It's not an but, easy job. Mm-hmm. Which is why we planned the last episode on Halloween? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool, yep. cool, cool. It was a super Halloween-y episode, uh, <laughs> and hey, even if you're not listening to it on Halloween, I bet you're fucking scared shitless, because... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I guess before we get too far into special fun little notes, it's got a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 39% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's it's not well loved, uh, but audiences like it about twice as much as critics. So Yeah, I mean, it's not well loved by everybody, but I feel like I'm speaking for everyone in this room uh, when I say we stand this pick. I mean, critics also said the new Godzilla movie was trash. Because the, there's too much monster fighting, so... Wait, they said because there was too much monster yes. fighting? They said if the anything, story was bland and there was too much monster fighting. If, uh, if there was... Uh, if there was any fault with that, there was not enough monster <laughs> fighting. <honestly. laughs> exactly. There like, was way too much uh, familial drama that I didn't give a single fuck about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think this applies to G-Force. For, like, you have to kind of know what this movie was, like, written for, and, like, who's the audience is. Yeah. Like, not every piece of cinema has to be perfection and artsy like you can just have a kids movie about uh super spy guinea pigs yeah and i I, i've seen a lot of reviews comparing the new godzilla to like transformers which i guess is fine but uh, as a godzilla fan i thought it was fucking awesome i I thought it was a great movie when you go into it thinking oh i want to see giant monsters fight each other that's what you get yeah exactly uh so fault that don't uh don't go into Godzilla King of the Monsters looking for uh the next Academy Award winner and I think you'll be okay. Yeah. And don't go into G Force thinking you're gonna get anything. <laughs> A brilliant techno thriller. Yeah, I, I don't know what expect expectations I had going into this, but 
they were very different from what they were. I didn't remember this being a live action animation blend. In my head, this movie was purely animated. Yeah, I thought um, I, when I saw Zach Galifianakis, I was a little bit uh, confused. Yeah, because when I saw his name on the in the credits, I just assumed he was a guinea pig because mm-hmm. kind of he looks like a guinea pig, kind of <laughs> just not in a bad way. He he is like the human equivalent of a guinea pig. He's like cute is, and furry. Yeah, he's cute and he's a furry. And <laughs> he's, he's a furry. Um, Zach Galifianakis. Akis, if you're listening, come on down. Yeah, yeah. come on the show. <laughs> we bring your tail. Your flurry lifestyle. It's okay. You won't be judged here. Just but. don't uh, do any of your weird sex stuff <laughs> while we're here. Um, Unless Nicolas Cage is into that stuff, then Nicolas Cage, yeah, you're welcome to do whatever you 100%. want here. Can you imagine if we got Nicolas Cage us. and Zach Galifianakis in this room to furry fuck each other <laughs> on mic? That would be pretty great. I think we'd have to get video, though. If, if they'd sign their release. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least for personal use. <laughs> but Can we yeah. get Zandali to show up, dude? Because that'd no. be sexy. <laughs> you no. know what? Let's get Zandali on nope, the horn nope, right nope. now. G-Force. Actually, we're talking I about G-Force. Number. Uh, hey, worry. Siri, we'll call Zandali. We'll talk about Zandali again in a couple episodes. Uh, well, not a couple. Me. Several. Yeah, and then uh, probably a few episodes after that nope. when it advances. It uh, so, I refuse. Uh, pretty stacked cast in this movie. Uh, yeah. You got your Sam Rockwell is the the main guinea pig. Um, who plays Ooh. Darwin? Oh, Darwin, yeah. For my science heads out there, you feel that? You feel that? Yeah. Oh, they're so that? clever. He's the next evolution of guinea pig. Exactly. Uh, and then you have uh, Tracy Morgan as Einstein. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Tr- Tracy Morgan plays Blaster. He's the uh, explosive expert. Uh, oh, I didn't realize any of these people were really supposed to have a specific role in the group. At the very See, like start of the movie, they introduce them that way, but none of them do specific actions. Right when you I think when I you missed that because I was busy eating. But <laughs> when you <laughs> assemble a team, you gotta have like the hacker, the explosives guy, the whatever, the girl, <laughs> the girl. Which this had all of that, but none of it was significant in any way. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the girl is Juarez, played by Penelope Cruz. And, uh, you know, not to sound too much like Zach Galifianakis here, but that's a pretty sexy guinea pig. Uh-huh. Uh, and she is the guinea pig that everybody wants to bang. Yeah. Um, yep. so, there is who, a weird love plot in there that isn't really directly addressed by the script at all, but they keep dragging the plot short just to kind of bring that up occasionally. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, but uh, luckily for us, it doesn't go anywhere either. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, did you really want to see, like, a guinea pig love scene? <laughs> hey, this, man, this Sausage Party was great at the end. That, <laughs> Dude, that was my favorite part of the I movie. I hate nothing. that movie. <laughs> this <laughs> movie is uh, rated... I actually really like Sausage Party. Oh, it's, it's not bad. I the weird was... food sex scene is a little bit much, but... Not but as sexy as the puppet sex <laughs> scene in Team America... But I, I think if they see, cut Team it, America, I thought did it where it's funny, where it's like Barbies and you just like smash them together, and it was like that's funny. But they're like but the sausage party is like fifteen minutes long. And it's like two and a half minutes, and I agree. It, it felt like fifteen minutes. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been cut down to thirty seconds probably, and it would have gotten the same point across and been funnier. And but but. So but G-Force. the rest of the movie is good. Yes, G-Force. So G-Force. Uh, G-Force is rated PG, which stands for parental guidance, because you're going to want to bring your parents to see how fucking horny these guinea pigs are. Um, they fuck. This is mostly a nature documentary about guinea pigs having we sex. Fuck <laughs> we fuck now. We fuck now. Um, still so many people on this list. There's too many people in this movie. John Favreau as Hurley. Nicolas Cage, who'd have thought, as Speckles. 
Steve Buscemi, the man. Yeah, that's two Buscemi's in these Cage movies. He is our second most viewed actor. Uh, After when, Cage. Well, no, no, no. Uh, when we discount Cage, he's still the second most viewed. Peter Fonda oh, has yeah. been in three movies, actually. He was in Deadfall briefly. I didn't see him in there, but he's on the cast list, so I have to take their <laughs> word for that. Um, actually, uh, I don't think he was credited, but Steve Buscemi um, plays Nicolas Cage's penis in Zandali. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, he wait. I then would, he played two roles. He in played movie. two roles in Zandali. <laughs> one he was credited for. The other one is uh, Zach's favorite role. If I, if I could take out memories, I will ought to take out the memory of watching Zandali. Eternal sunshine of the spotless Zandali. And we'll we'll cut that because I don't want anybody getting discouraged from watching Zandali. It's uh, it's, it's a great, so bad. Great movie. It's the worst movie ever it, made. It's worth watching the steve buscemi parts <laughs> and the, all 30 seconds of them yes because <laughs> but he walks up to the woman honestly and a f- fucking graveyard is just like got any money yeah if you watched like, the steve buscemi parts out of context they would make just as much sense <laughs> it's true <laughs> like oh God, the part where he's stealing bad. a tv is definitely worth watching <laughs> going on youtube for at least if i don't know if that's so on g-force there. has a lot of actors in it <laughs> yeah, g-force has a lot of good actors in it Oh yeah, Will Arnett's in it too, and Zach Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Zach Snuffleupagus. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Well, you got you got That's more fun facts. Um, do I? Detector Hoy Hoy Eatman's son Hoy Eatman the fourth <laughs> came up with the original idea for the film when he was five years old. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was literally written by a five-year-old. It's, it's Axe Cop, written. the movie. Yeah. Uh, Except Axe Cop was cool. Axe Cop was great. I loved Axe Cop. Um, I guess the only fun fact, which I think we discussed off mic and not on mic, but if we did, then we have it twice. Uh, Nicolas Cage uses the same voice for Speckles that he uses in the movie Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, mm-hmm. so, which is about a woman pegging a... Uh, and suing <laughs> a guinea pig. Where are you going with this thing? <laughs> uh, I that was that was good good stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, uh, Nicholas Cage's voice in this movie uh, is kind of just like a weird nasally, like hey, uh, hey guys, I'm a mole. Yeah, and uh, Loki, it's the best voice. That he's put on in any of these movies that we've watched. <laughs> Probably. Uh, By far. Did, this is, I swear this is important, but did any of you guys ever play uh, Banjo-Kazooie for Nintendo 64? Yes. Banjo-Tooie? I played the Banjo-Kazooie game that was on Xbox 360. Was Bottles the mole in that? Because that's legit the character he was playing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> for all the... Uh, um, what game did you say again? Banjo Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> uh, Spyro the Hedgehog, Spyro, Spyro the Hedgehog, and <laughs> Clank. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, Nicolas Cage uh, loves video games too. Cool. <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> Who doesn't? Let's just move on to the plot here. Oh, there's um, there's a plot. Yeah, there is. And uh, in this plot, Zach Galifianakis, who I didn't catch his character's name, and I don't care. He's Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what his name was either. Uh, he runs an organization that uses animals for spec ops missions. Yeah, basically um, no. uh, professional animal cruelty. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> 
but that was a point in this movie that just I didn't understand. So like he's training all these animals for spy missions. Yeah. Which would be super useful. Like like when they show all the cockroaches run in and they steal that thing. Yeah. Like why would the FBI not want that? I, right. I don't know. But the thing that confused me is that at one point, uh, Zach Galifianakis tells them, like, hey, I, I saved you from animal testing so we could do a bunch of animal testing. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. <laughs> like, that uh, was the bad animal testing. Oh, yeah. right. The good kind is where you're put in a life-threatening situation <laughs> fighting coffee makers. <laughs> yeah, uh, because uh, it's one thing to test out your shampoo or your perfume on an animal. It's cruel. Uh, but, you know, to... Put them up against terrorists, or uh, <laughs> that's know. what they were put on this earth for. <laughs> hey, I, I don't mean, want to give away the plot, but that actually foreshadows something that actually happens later in the movie. I'll let you guys take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we? Is that Arch? Are we? We talking about the plot? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, anyways, he he runs that organization and he sends his guinea pig team, the G Force. Uh, G him. stands for guinea pig. What? I thought it stood for no G-spot. way or Godzilla. I can't. <laughs> um, he sends them to infiltrate the house of Leonard Saber, who is basically Steve Jobs. Yeah. And uh, he's this guy's been under investigation by the FBI for some reason. And um, on the night that they're invading his his house, he's doing some big reveal plan where he's uh, showing his plan to let all appliances communicate with one another. Um. And be able to, like, you know, tell you shit like, hey, you need to buy more coffee, so we're putting it on your shopping list. Your <laughs> yeah. coffee maker puts or, that on your shopping list and shit. Or so like in other words, v- it foreshadowed exactly the times that we're living in now. Yeah, which is literally going to be a thing fairly soon. I don't know. Uh, I, I've seen plans for, um, like, smart fridges that'll, like, be able to take pictures of what's inside and see when your milk's empty and add it to your shopping list and yeah. shit like that. So. I feel like there should be a feature on this coffee machine where it's like, you've had three cups of coffee, we're filling the toilet with water for you to <laughs> shit in. Because uh, that's the kind of communication that I want my technology to... I, for one, want a smart house. <laughs> Everything connected. Honestly, I don't give a fuck uh, who's selling my information. They already have it. They've got my fingerprints. Um, so if But I that's get... because you're a felon, not because... Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I can use my I use my mugshot to unlock my oh nice phone. nice. Um, but yeah, he's basically doing a keynote for a coffee machine. Mm. Um, well, I think he, he's saying he makes a bunch of appliances, and the chips are already in all of the appliances. Coffee makers just happens to be the appliance that's brought up a lot for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. People like coffee. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to appeal to all those parents who brought their kids in. Like, haha, you yeah, like coffee, like, right? You have to ha- don't talk to me before I have my coffee. I gotta <laughs> have Mondays. my coffee. You know what he should have been selling <laughs> is a big fucking margarita. <laughs> While I'm sitting here, watching this move my kids. Yeah, why not the margarita machine? and uh yeah so the uh the microchip that they use to have all these this this cross-platform nonsense um they suspect that uh is it's being weaponized or something so they're yeah they're trying to they send in the guinea pigs to steal blueprints uh from Mm -hmm. steve jobs yeah and the g-force uh steals some info about some big evil plan called Cluster Storm, and that's going to go down in 48 hours. And the parents lean 
over to each other and they're like more like clusterfuck. Well, yeah. it's supposed to be clusterfuck shitstorm, right? Yeah, yeah I think definitely. that's what I've been, I was thinking the whole time. Like, I figured why... they were just like, this is going to be a clusterfuck of things going down and like a shitstorm of appliances. Oh, yeah. Clusterstorm. Or, yeah, they probably had that in the early draft of the script and they had like a note like change this name. Yeah. And, uh, they actually and they they cut to out, record and they're like, oh, fuck. They cut out like 45 minutes of Zach Galifianakis just winking at the camera every time he said Clusterstorm. Uh, so um, check that out on the DVD if you uh, feel so inclined to buy it. I own okay. it. So. Oh, we were introduced to the, the G-Force in there and stuff. Like we already talked about, I think the one thing we didn't note, which is the most important thing, is Nicolas Cage is a mole. He is not a guinea pig. Yes. He is a literal mole, and he does, like, tech stuff. Don't he's, worry. He's the hacker guy. That's not going to be relevant later. Yeah. Definitely Forget about any other not. meanings of the word mole that you have. Yeah, that, that would be too on the nose. And if you know Mandarin, go watch a different movie, because... <laughs> There's there's too many spoilers for you if you know Mandarin. Um Well, uh so after after they steal the plans, Will Arnett, good old Job. Good old Bojack. Good old Batman. Bojack Horseman. Bojob Horseman. <laughs> let's, let's let's get some other roles out there. What are some other roles? Uh Blades of Glory. Um he banged Amy Poehler, I think. Um okay, so <laughs> Bat Jack Jobman, Amy Poehler, banger. <laughs> Bat Jack Jobler. <laughs> uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in this movie. He's not animated. He has a real face that you can see. Mm -hmm. And he is Zach Galifianakis's boss, and he is pissed that he that he sent those guinea pigs on that mission that was unauthorized. So. So the FBI is like, you use these guinea pigs for an unauthorized mission. So we're shutting you down and we're going to kill those guinea pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, I don't understand the logic of that. Why are they going to kill the guinea pigs? Like, hey, uh, you know, if we can't use these things, uh, squish them into guts and yeah. toss them out. <laughs> these guinea pigs literally get up and start talking to him. And then he's like, yep, <laughs> we're, we're going to kill him. <laughs> he has a conversation with a guinea pig. Uh, but, I mean, to be fair, the guinea pig neglects to say, don't murder me. <laughs> That's it's true. true. Um, and one That's thing, true. One thing that we didn't touch on is that uh, in the, like, opening scene of the movie, when they're, like, discussing uh, the, the plan to steal the blueprints, uh, they lead on that this is basically, like, a test mission that they oh, want yeah. to succeed uh, to, like, give some validity to this project with guinea pigs. Oh, yeah. Uh, doing espionage um so if this fails they won't become secret agents which is the guinea pig dream yeah. <laughs> every guinea pig dreams of that they just can't say it <laughs> yeah oh and apparently it's like the whole guinea pigs not actually talking to people thing is like hand waved away at the start by well at this point by zach galifianakis saying it's easy to talk to them it's just hard to get them to talk back to you and that's that's the explanation for the reason that all animals can talk and don't talk to humans. <laughs> yes. Uh, and what you'll notice is that even when they're not wearing the technology that allows them to talk, their mouths still move forming English words. Um, yep. So if you pay close attention to your guinea pigs at home, you'll see that. Uh, if, you, if, you can, if you can read lips, you might be able to talk to your guinea pig. <laughs> well, um... 
so yeah, the guinea pigs escape before the FBI can kill them, but they're captured by some dude who takes them to sell them in a pet store. Oh yes. Oh, I think did did we? I think we skipped over another detail that the the intel that they stole was like replaced with um fake intel. Fake intel, yeah. Like just like coffee maker. So it's, yeah, when they they load up what they thought was the blueprints they stole, and all they see is like an advertisement for a coffee machine. Oh yeah. And so that's why the guinea pigs have to be killed. Uh, <laughs> you wasted my time, guinea pig. <laughs> this this is the wrong file on this flash drive. You must die. <laughs> Don't um, fuck with Will Arnett. <laughs> Seriously, he's a he's a twisted motherfucker. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, after that, the guinea pigs are escape the FBI, but they're captured, put in the pet store to be sold, and um, they're kept in a cage with a hamster played by Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, and you even get a soundbite of Nicolas Cage in character yelling, uh, "I don't do cages" uh, <laughs> yeah. when he's being put in the cage, which. Uh, I, I winked back at the camera when that happened. <laughs> I can play the theme song again if you want. Mm, let's get it one more time. <laughs> uh, Wait, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> the moment passed. Uh, yeah, and that job position's open again if anybody's <laughs> listening. Um, so yeah, the the guinea pig in the in the pet store is named Hurley, not after the lost character, but actually named after the Weezer album, named after the lost character. Uh-huh. Um, so Which I don't th- think was out yet <laughs> when this movie came out. But who's counting? I mean, uh, and uh, yeah, what's Buscemi's name? Bucky? He's... I didn't... I don't know. I refer to him as Buscemi the whole time. But. Uh, they keep doing a bit where... Like, he's a mouse, but they keep doing a bit that he's half ferret, and he's offended by it because... Uh, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a hamster. He's not a ferret. He, but there's, or he's a hamster, he's not a mouse. You said he was a oh, mouse. Oh, did I say he was a... Oh, yeah. yeah there are three mice also in that case. Yes, three mice that uh, speak simultaneously. They were my favorite character. <laughs> uh, yeah, between... Sycophantic mice. Yeah, between them and Buscemi, uh, this pet store's really got it going on. I don't, I don't know why they want to leave so bad. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you got to join the FBI or whatever. Yeah. Fucking so, class um, traitors. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh... This family comes in and wants to buy some guinea pigs, and this little girl decides to grab the Penelope Cruz guinea pig, Juarez. Because she's the hottest. Yeah. So <laughs> your, your eye goes to that one. <laughs> she's got some serious curves <laughs> as a guinea pig. Um, and then uh, the kid is decides to get Hurley, but is also a sociopath. And this kid is fucking insane. <laughs> His parents are terrible. Yeah, this is like he literally just chucks this guinea yeah, pig. He puts it into like a slingshot, and he, he shoots it over at a fucking snake cage. <laughs> and he tries to land it in the snake cage, but he lands it in the next cage over. So luckily, Hurley doesn't get slaughtered in this kid's yeah. movie. Despite the really fucked up kid, he's like he's Sid from Toy Story. I think. Yeah, but hurting animals. Well, I guess in Toy Story, it's just as bad to hurt toys as it is animals because yeah. they're people. Um, and the movies are kind of analogous there. Well, I'd like to think this kid also wets the bed because he's got all the symptoms of a fucking serial killer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um 
Yeah, so after that, he's like, I don't know what happened to that guinea pig, but I want that one instead. And he points to Tracy Morgan guinea pig. Isn't is... suspicious at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not at all. The pet shop the... owner who just gave him a guinea pig is like, all right, I don't know. Who, who knows yeah, he, where it went? <laughs> he asks him where it went. The kid who's been standing there the whole time says, I don't know. And he just moves on completely. Yeah. Like, whatever, I'll... The snake will shit it out later. That's probably <laughs> where it is. Um, well, so we... The family leaves with the Tracy Morgan and the Penelope Cruz guinea pigs, and then we cut to a scene where the kid who threw the guinea pig is being uh, strapped into an electric chair uh, <laughs> and uh, being sentenced to death uh, for being a, uh, a homicidal monster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, they had Michael Vick play him, right? <laughs> yeah. The kid, yeah, just the kid walks was in. actually Michael Vick. He's, He's a, really good at playing a small teenage white child. <laughs> hey, when you're an actor, you're an actor, baby. Uh, and so yeah, he gets sentenced to death for abusing the animals. And uh, well, his sister's no fucking better either. Like she's like legit testing makeup products. Yeah, yeah but I mean, at <laughs> least she's like what six and just like dressing up for guinea pig. Where it's like, oh, she's she's not going out of her way to hurt it. Uh. Even Whereas though the, the guinea other... pig repeatedly asks her to stop in English. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, well, what's weird, too, is that that guinea pig actually has uh, eye makeup on. I'm just a note, you know. Yeah, it has, like, mascara eyelashes, too. If you look that at little it, like... girl is dedicated. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, even before the little girl, yeah. she has mascara <laughs> eyelashes. So. Right, which makes me leads me to believe they got that guinea pig straight from the Sephora headquarters. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, so, uh, after the two guinea pigs get bought, they're, they're like devising a plan to all get bought and then regroup at Zach Galifianakis's house. Um, and w which then of course, uh, Nicholas Cage's mole character comes up with the great idea to pretend to be dead. Mm -hmm. Um, so they can bury him and he can dig his way out. Yep. Um, but coincidentally it's garbage day baby and as soon garbage as, day <laughs> as soon as he pretends to be dead he gets tossed into a fucking garbage truck and presumably crushed yep. by the compactor um so it's a dead cage we can increment the dead cage count or, or can, can we, we? <laughs> so in the past three minutes of this movie your children have seen a psychopath try to <laughs> murder a guinea pig and we have seen an innocent mole get squished by a trash compactor yeah uh for anyone who's keeping score at home um uh, so they're like oh no that sucks but we still got to get out of here who gives a fuck right yeah. uh he knew the wi-fi password we'll figure it out this is g-force not gnm force <laughs> also at this time uh hurley sees a birthmark on darwin's butt and says he has the same one on his butt, so he thinks that they're related. And Darwin is like, nah, nah, we're not related. I'm a genetically engineered super soldier. You're just some pet shop piece of shit, plebeian. He's like, we can't be related because we just fucked. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're not in Alabama. <laughs> so we, we find out that the Bushemi hamster has a trapdoor hidden underneath his little house that he's been hiding for Whatever fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, for some reason he's been... Uh, hiding food from Hurley. Hiding uh -huh. food from Hurley, because Hurley fat 
Oh, yeah. Shemmy Small. Hurley's main character trait, by the way, is that he is fat and he farts. So, <laughs> what yeah, more do you need? <laughs> he's voiced by John Favreau, I think mo-capped by Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, as most uh, enclosures do in a pet store, there's a very easy-to-escape trap door yeah. <laughs> in the bottom of this cage, uh, which they all fall through. Uh, well, fall through or jump through. Yeah, um, yeah, Darwin jumps through. Steve Buscemi pushes Hurley through. Oh, yes. Because... Or Favreau. Yes. No more of those farts. So, they get out, and uh, then we cut to Mr. Saber, the Steve Jobs of this universe, talking to Mr. Yangshu over the phone, who uh, is talking about how they need to defend the satellites for this thing because project cluster storm is going to go down in 19 hours now and i don't know it's really just to show off mr yangshu and then if you're like certain people here you you google what yangshu means <laughs> uh, yeah and if again if you know mandarin just ignore this scene if you want any <laughs> suspense whatsoever no, just don't look into it just because yangshu means mole that that's that's just coincidence you don't know yeah. and just because um you know, watching 14 Nicolas Cage movies uh, has made his voice almost instantly recognizable <laughs> to me. Uh, that definitely helped a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, but that can mean anything. Yeah. A lot of people sound like that. Yeah. A lot of people sound like that. You know, that typical New Orleans accent <laughs> that people have, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, after Hurley and Darwin have escaped... Which Hurley and Darwin are Sam Rockwell and uh, John Favreau. John Favreau hamsters, and um, they're they're rolling past some dogs using a tire swing that they cut down somehow. It's it's all weird, and they play the Black Eyed Peas "Boom Boom Pow" for like the fourth time already boom, in this boom, movie. Pow. <laughs> These guinea pigs fucking love Black Eyed Peas, <laughs> yeah. and who doesn't? I well, yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But I feel like it's uh, it, it's got to be some result of the genetic engineering um, that, that they just have a higher sense of what is good music. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's what I was going to say. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. I knew it. Um, I knew it. I'm about to play the theme song just to spite you guys. Uh, <laughs> did uh, Black Eyed Peas write that? Because I hope so. Uh, mm. National pleasure, actually. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think um, Apple they... the app was <laughs> from like the executive producer or something. Yeah. He, oh yeah, he did. Uh, he well, he executive produces pretty much everything um, that is boom boom power related. Uh, <laughs> so oh yeah. So then, <laughs> after that, uh, we got we got the kids. We cut over to Tracy Morgan and Penelope Cruz, which I keep saying Tracy Morgan because I don't remember his hamster's name. Blaster, Blaster. Blaster. That's I'm the sorry. only one it's I Tracy remember. Jordan. Uh, Tracy Jordan. Uh, and Blaster, of course, is short for Come Blaster. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. which he does frequently throughout the film. Yep, he is busting all over that sexy guinea pig. Oh yeah, I think we forgot to mention at the start of the movie that there's a bit of a love triangle between uh, Juarez, Blaster, and Darwin, who yeah. like. Uh, Blaster wants to get with Juarez, but Juarez is like, I don't like you. 
I like Darwin. No, it's then... like, I don't like you because you're into me. I like him because he's not into me. So he's like, oh, you're into me? That's cool. We should do something. And she's like, no, I'm not into you now because you're into me. Well, she says, I'm not into you. I just said that I'm into you so that he who is into me would be more into me because I need to think that I'm not into anyone here. And then, like, I don't know. It all ends up being, it's. Yeah, like the final scene of the movie is like, who are you into? She's like, oh. And her character can't be sexist because it was written by a husband and wife. Oh, okay. So, I mean, maybe that whole love triangle was written when she went to the bathroom or was like on a maybe the, period. You know? <laughs> or maybe it's supposed to imply that both Darwin and Blaster are going to give up on getting her and just get together. Oh. That could be. I, but, you know, Blaster really wants to blast her. <laughs> uh, and uh, Darwin, yeah. uh, just, uh, I don't know. I wasn't going anywhere with that. Continue. Um, no, so, so, you know, just so you know, I'm probably not going to bring it up again, but that whole love plot, we have described all of the scenes that exist of that love subplot already. Yep. I don't <laughs> so, remember what the conclusion to that plot was. I don't the, either. The conclusion ends with her going, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, and then the post-credit scene is her getting fucking Eiffel Tower. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the little girl is dressing up. Uh, Juarez in dresses and putting makeup on her, and the the psychopath is driving uh, Blaster around on an RC car, and uh, until uh, he has to go like do his fucking laundry or something, I don't know. And then Blaster grabs the remote control and drives the RC car to escape with Juarez. And yeah, and the the kid tries to catch him, but he's like. Oh no, I I'm weak from the electric chair. Uh, <laughs> well, he spends a while trying to smash the guinea pig, which is more you know great coding for children. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and this Again, is terrible parents. Yeah, this this scene really does remind me of like Sid from Toy Story when they like get into his house. Um, and also, just in case you were worried about animal abuse, Blaster has a line where he's like. Animal abuse? Uh, I like it. <laughs> he said, I'm sure this is animal yeah. abuse, but I think it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, I think so, he literally says that. He does yeah. say that. And so you know that these are consenting animals. <laughs> they have consented to this abuse. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we mentioned it. Like, every scene in this movie, all the characters have to have a one-liner. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just one of them saying something. It's every single one has a one-liner. Yeah, I yeah, think they, they, the writers just had mostly a one-liner booklet that they wanted to use. <laughs> yeah, they just run through each character, and they're like, you know what, we'll, we'll cut the worst ones later, and then they never did. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah after that, during Escape, uh, Hurley and Darwin go into some store and end up somehow fighting a... a oh, uh, Darwin starts tearing apart a coffee maker because it's Saber brand. Yeah, they're they're like on their way back to try to find the rest of the group, and he sees uh one of the Saber coffee machines in a store window, and he's like, "Hold on a second, yeah, I'm gonna get killed by this thing." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he tries to take out the chip, and it activates and starts fighting. It turns into uh, a battle bot. Yeah, little battle bot that tries to kill him by shooting a coffee bean machine gun at them, which is a great way to take over the world. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> One I bean mean, it did time. also shoot its blade out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so it, it poses a challenge for two guinea pigs, mildly, <laughs> in that they defeat it later, which means it is well-equipped to take over the world. <laughs> All you have to do is get it to chase you uh, and then run out in front of... 
tr- like a truck, and it's done for. <laughs> yeah, and we during the fight we hear the immortal line, "Yippee ki yay, coffee maker." Wait, did that really happen? Yeah. Yes, that did. I totally missed that. <laughs> I heard motherfucker when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, then they roll down a skateboard that they get somehow to get back to Galifianakis, and they find uh, they find Blaster and Juarez there. The it's, team's it's back. A fucking baby. joyous reunion. G Force. Then uh, <laughs> G Force. Oh, have we? Uh, I feel like I keep doing this, but we uh, we we have glossed over some information, like the fact that there's a fly. Oh yeah, that's part of the G Force team. Uh, who named Mooch for some reason? <laughs> the fly is named Mooch. Um, he flies to Zach Galifianakis and runs all over Zach Galifianakis' keyboard until, uh, he has typed out the name of the pet store that they're at. Mm. Uh, so, I don't know if that's important at all. I just, uh... It's not, because it ends up going nowhere, because the guinea pigs get to him anyways. Yeah, because he goes to find the the guinea pigs. The FBI has already been there. (laughs) Yeah, it's I I kind of cut that out on my notes because it was like a scene cul-de-sac, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you enter true. and you exit right where you started. And, it, it <laughs> and nothing has been affected in any way. Um, uh, but it's a great fly, good fly, <laughs> very good fly. It's it's very good at flying and seeing things that are going on with cameras. And, I think it was a reason to have like a drone camera. <laughs> yeah. And and to show off their drone camera thing, because I think there's some on some cockroaches later that are mildly relevant, but yeah. I don't know where they are. I don't know. It is all a bunch of shit that you would see on Infowars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. This uh, this movie actually started Alex Jones's career because he thought it was uh, based on a true story. He thought it was a documentary. And they're turning all the guinea pigs gay. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, we can't say that they're not. I don't know. Yeah. Darwin and Blaster ended up fucking, <laughs> I think. Um, so, um, yeah, so they... they they like to devise a plan to infiltrate Saber's uh, residence oh, yeah. to install a virus on his shit. Oh, and in another pointless scene that I don't know why I'm bringing up because I tried to cut out the other pointless <laughs> scenes, but uh, Zach Galifianakis tells them all, uh, I should have told you a long time ago, but you're all, you aren't genetically engineered. I just got you guys from like a pet store and from, uh, from animal testing facilities and stuff, you aren't special. And then they're like, oh, shit, we're not special? We can't do this? And then immediately go, oh, wait, we are special in our own way. (laughs) Yep. I I didn't understand that whole thing. Zach Galifianakis is like, no, let me reiterate. (laughs) You're fucking worthless. (laughs) You can't even do this. And he starts using his thumbs. (laughs) Hey, try to wipe your own butthole for once. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, He also reveals that Saberstorm, which was the project to make everything go online, uh, Clusterstorm, yeah, start working again. No, Saberstorm was a separate thing. Oh, I shit. specifically, Saberstorm, which was what Steve Jobs was revealing in his big reveal like, hey, everything will talk to each other and like it'll put fucking shit on your shopping list. That is the same thing as the evil plan of Clusterstorm to take over the world. <laughs> this is a big reveal there, even though it was immediately apparent to the audience <laughs> right away <laughs> as soon as they talked about Clusterstorm. But um, anyways, the chips are going to transform all the appliances in 30 minutes and try to take over the world. And uh, Zach, Zach Galifianakis is like, He's like, you want a cool hamster ball car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the RDV, the Rapid Deployment vehicle <laughs> and it's pretty baller yeah it's no coffee machine but <laughs> it is in fact 
three balls. <laughs> That's what I meant. It's baller. I also don't fully understand why these like FBI agents are going so out of their way to capture these hamsters. Yeah. Guinea it, pigs. Sorry. Have yeah. you seen what they're capable of? Uh, but, hello. But like they just start this like car chase and like are <laughs> yeah, endangering lives after hamster balls. There is a legit car chase. <laughs> yeah. And there like is. it ends like or like during one of it, one of the cars like goes off a ramp and into an RV in like a residential neighborhood. It's like yeah, yeah, shit gets destroyed. Like there's cars that get flipped and demolished, it, which uh, I want to point out died. too. Also, those car flips, you could tell those were not CGI. Those were yeah. they, they destroyed real cars to make this movie. <laughs> like, and that's where the 150 mil comes from. Yeah, but like. How badly do you need to kill these guinea pigs? Apparently pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I don't understand why that was the most important part. They could have just shut down the whole operation and, uh, you know, but reprimanded Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at worst, you just kill Zach Galifianakis and the problem is solved. That's true. Um, but, I mean, maybe they're worried that these guinea pigs are going to take over the world before Saber can. Uh, because they're pretty savvy. Yeah, so they go out on the hamster thing and the the fbi rolls up and starts car chasing them in the the hamster ball vehicle and which uh, i want to point at this point there's only 30 minutes left yeah <laughs> uh and i would like to point out there's 30 minutes left <laughs> <laughs> no 30 minutes in their time right i think there was still like 45 minutes in our time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah, they they lose the fbi and they get to saber to try and stop it but they're too late and the plans already happening uh, so somehow, um, Hurley ends up getting stuck in a microwave that comes alive and they all fight the microwave and destroy the microwave and it blows up and it's a bad microwave. Yeah. The whole time Hurley doesn't care about the fact that he's about to die in this microwave. He just he's wants to cake, eat cake man. that's in the microwave cause he's fat. So he likes <laughs> funny. He likes fucking eating. <laughs> Um, well, you could have dealt with Hurley really easily just by turning on the microwave, I mean, not Hurley. It was searching for the right time to put it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some reason, it didn't turn on the microwave because it wanted to figure out the right cook settings to cook a hamster and not, like, <laughs> just fucking turn on the microwave and just put it, it on reheat. Yeah, I had to Google for settings and time. Um, so, so uh, guinea pig button on the microwave, which is a pretty big uh, issue on Saber's part, so... So they, they defeat the microwave, and then I have written in my notes here, I just typed the phrase, they defeat the microwave, which is <laughs> fucking weird. Um, and it explodes, and the door flies off, and it traps Darwin on the other side of, like, a small hole. I don't fucking understand it. <laughs> it was like the vent, like an air vent or something. Oh, yeah, it traps him in it. I'm just going to quick note, like, did anybody notice that all of the problems that persist for these hamsters could have been easily solved by just having human fucking FBI agents? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How would a human get through a wall of mouse traps? Good question. Exactly. Check and mate, Dr. Dave. <laughs> they can't afford boots for their agents. <laughs> they have to afford <laughs> guinea pigs <laughs> that they trained special. Um, and uh, had special made uh gear for uh so it's a cheap it's a cheap project <laughs> darwin confronts uh nicholas cage and nicholas cage is like oh humans killed my family so i'm gonna kill them haha <laughs> got them oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Dar so darwin discovers that speckles 
the cage hamster or cage mole didn't die and he is in fact the bad guy mr yangshu uh who'd have thunk it and he did it yeah because if you look up moles on the internet there's 300,000 results and none of them are about helping moles no no they're all about exterminating them and he has a flashback to his dad saying make the humans pay <laughs> i love that flashback because it's like okay your family's about to die and what does your dad tell you oh if you get the chance yeah. kill all humans. destroy the human race uh but you know in the in the exterminator's defense moles are uh really ugly and don't deserve to live um so uh so yeah, uh, Speckles activates uh, a giant robot that rises out of the ground, and it has a gravity beam that draws space junk down from orbit and crashes it into the ground. Which, like, if you if you had the technology to create a gravity beam that can draw space junk down, you could have just made a really powerful laser that like would have been way more effective, I think. But but this one combined a bunch of like blenders and toasters. So yeah, true. So yeah. That's happening, and uh, Darwin's like, Speckles, don't do it! And he's like, but they killed my family! And he's like, but we're your family. G-Force is your family, not the people who died. And he's like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't do this. <laughs> Which, too late, though. <laughs> yeah, it's too late, I can't stop this. Which, I, I just want to point out, he's convinced by... He's apparently been stewing on this for however long it's been since he grew up. He created a whole world takeover plan about it. And all he's convinced by is like, wait, I know they killed your family, but we're your real family. Who cares about those moles that died? <laughs> yeah, right. all, all that it took to derail this uh, mastermind plot to draw space debris in and destroy the human race was, uh, hey, you want to come fucking hang out with some guinea pigs, bro? <laughs> I think it's funny, too, that's like, so he's a baby mole, his family dies or whatever, and Zach Galifianakis finds him. Yes, and like uh, raises him and loves him and makes him able to speak to humans and yeah. gives him all the stuff in the but world. He still wants to kill all humans. But all humans are bad. All of them. <laughs> Not all humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, human lives matter. Directly Mole correlated with blue lives. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, blue lives are superhuman. Yeah. Like they're worth a little bit more. Um, but anyways, uh so yeah, they Speckle says, I can't stop it, it's too late, but they stop the robot immediately anyways. And uh, I don't I don't it's know the exactly giant how Voltron and, made of appliances. And <laughs> Will Arnett realizes guinea pigs are pretty cool. Yeah. It's alright. Um Hey, you know what? I was wrong about you guys. Oh, I, I wanna point out too, Hurley, they think Hurley's dead, but they bring him back with the smell of cake. Yeah, because he's fat. Because <laughs> he's so fat. It's funny because he was dead, <laughs> and his fucking fat molecules jostled his heart back into rotation. He has diabetes. <laughs> Stupid. So, uh, yeah, they're all back at the G-Force headquarters. G-Force has its funding restored because Will Arnett's like, yeah, those guinea pigs, I guess, I guess they rule. They're, they're all right. I find it hilarious, too. So, like, G-Force gets their own badges or whatever for the FBI, become agents. And then to, like, punish Will Arnett, they send him off to Antarctica. Mm -hmm. And then how much of a kick in the balls is it to be like, hey, you're being demoted, sent to a shit position? Also, let me record a video of you congratulating these other guys. Yeah. <laughs> congratulating well, these guinea pigs. Showing that they're better than you. <laughs> and like, fuck Will Arnett, right? Like, <laughs> and all he did was 
reprimand them for going on an unauthorized mission, yeah. which is, you know, like, I guess, like, you know, like, I, it's okay. He was probably didn't have to go all out and try and kill the guinea pigs. They could reprimand him for that. Yeah. But, like, the core of what he was trying to do was all right, I suppose. But, but nah, um, fuck them. And uh, before they ship him off to Antarctica, they're like, hey, what, uh, so what, ch- you know, changed your perspective on the, these guinea pigs, the G-Force? And he's like, uh, well, you know, that one guinea pig is kind of fucking hot. <laughs> Uh, I kind of so, want to fuck yeah, that blaster. <laughs> I kind of want to fuck uh, that Tracy Morgan guinea pig. Yeah, and Galifianakis was talking to him like, I know, right? <laughs> I know what you mean. Why do you think I taught him how to talk? So they could scream my name. Yeah. So they're staring at those guinea pigs like Brian Singer stares at kids. <laughs> there it is. There we go. Zach Galifianakis is Brian Singer. <laughs> and... Um, and there's a montage of the guinea pigs dancing to bad club music from the late 2000s. It's Black Eyed Peas again. <laughs> it's Black Eyed Peas again. Boom, boom, boom. And, uh, not, to, not to steal uh, a line from that, the trailer for that new Batista movie, but uh, this looks like the ending of Shrek. <laughs> uh, DreamWorks picture. That, that's G-Force. That's... Overall thoughts on this movie? Uh, I mean, as a dumb kids movie, it did what it had to do. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. I've seen worse kids movies, I guess, but yeah, I I really love dumb kids movies. Uh, this one was just like completely forgettable. Mm. Um, there, there, you know, there wasn't enough like there was one liners, obviously, but nothing really stood out. There was no like real good one liner. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, there could have at least been a little something for daddy, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I it. Th- I've seen worse, but at the same time, I did not like this. I w- I kind of expected a little bit more, almost. I mean, like I didn't expect a lot, but I was when I saw it was Disney. My hopes were a little bit raised. Like they make some kind of quality stuff. Like you know, they had that whole '90s Disney Renaissance shit, and that was all good. But I I think the biggest appeal of this is just that it had so many big names in it, or maybe not huge names at the time but like now they're a lot of bigger like will yeah. arnett has like exploded in popularity yeah zach galifianakis uh, was pretty big around this time because yeah think the hangover had just come out and yeah it's um i don't know See, I, that's I mean, another was... thing that annoys me is uh well this is just about animated movies in general and how they kind of market themselves based off of voice cast now versus yeah. the animation but um looking at you pitbull yeah <laughs> I mean, I know nobody gives a damn how they how I feel, and you guys are actively trying to fire me. Who's this but I am going to say that after reading the comments on uh, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, a word that comes up often is soulless, and I agree entirely. This movie was soulless. Yeah. I mean, I, I love guinea pigs. I love animated kids movies. This did nothing for me. I don't know. I feel like soulless is a bit unfair to G Force. Like. I don't. <laughs> like, again, I think they were just going out to make uh, just a fun little time waster. Like, it doesn't have to be amazing or anything. Yeah. It, my yeah hour I mean, I don't need hour... Apocalypse Now, but, like... Yeah. yeah, it's definitely better than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, my hour and a half of watching that movie, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch again, but, like... If it's on and I'm just sitting there doing nothing, I'm not going to turn it off. That's true. Um, if anything, That's fair. I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I'm not watching The Runner. 
<laughs> yeah, true. We could always know. We always know it could be worse. It was starring Cage <laughs> or USS Indianapolis yeah. or Taken. Or not, but don't no, forget uh, about uh, the fucking ghost one. Whatever, pay the ghost. <laughs> pay the ghost. Yeah, pay the uh, ghost. There should have been hamsters in that movie. There should have been hamsters was... in a lot more. I bet if Tracy opinion. Morgan hamster was in Pay the Ghost. Yeah, instead of those fucking vultures. Yeah. <laughs> like, what if the kid kept seeing like spectral Tracy Morgan guinea pigs? That definitely would have been Ghost Rider. But, like... I, definitely. Plus, the plot would have been completely different because the kid would have been like, Daddy, Daddy, I see a talking Tracy Morgan hamster. And it's driving and s- an RC car. <laughs> so when the kid got Can taken, we pay the he would have tried to get him back. <laughs> Can we pay the blaster? Uh, you gotta pay the blaster, Daddy. <laughs> Um, just hear me out on this. Um, Zandali recast with CGI uh, guinea nope. pigs. Nope, nope, nope. Not with Honestly, CGI guinea pigs. Any, nope. nope. I will take any reboot of Zandali because nope. I feel like it's nope. a it's nope. a flawed movie, but nope. it had great nope. intentions and nope. with the right director. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on on that note, I think we're gonna take a short little break, and then we'll get back to you with stolen. If Zach not, hasn't not taken. murdered us. <laughs> yeah. It's not Zandali, so we're okay. Hey, we're rolling. We've been rolling this whole time. I'm Dave, and my days here are numbered. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's funny because we have been rolling for a long time, and my days here are numbered. I knew uh, it. Anyways, hey, we're back. Welcome and back. We're here to talk about taken, stole, oh. taken. Yeah, well, stolen, but 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 taken, uh, <laughs> but taken. <laughs> uh, this script was stolen yeah. from taken. Oh fuck, that's so crazy. <laughs> so stolen is a movie came out in the year two thousand twelve. Which, if you'll remember, is the year that we were all supposed to die, according yep. to the Mayans and John Cusack. And I think this movie was going to do it. Yep. This was supposed to be... Uh, a lot of people had actually opted for this to be the last thing they ever saw. Um, but then uh, the credits rolled and they lived. Yeah. So It wasn't left behind like that exact premise? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, what year did uh, Taken actually come out? Oh, 2008. 2008. So we had They're a little late on the punch for this one. We I had, think they waited till Taken Two was a hit, and then yeah, we had four years to collect our thoughts about how we felt about a dad saving the day when his daughter got taken or stolen, <laughs> depending on which word you prefer. Yeah, which uh, I mean, I don't know. Stolen is a little more weirdly possessive. It, that's uh, true a stolen like probably appeals to the dads who are like hey if you date my daughter i'm gonna shoot you with a shotgun it's a <laughs> <Yeah>. joke <laughs> and uh but so he hasn't uh seen his daughter in eight years uh which legally makes uh her his property i mm-hmm. think yeah uh if you're an estranged parent for more than seven years yeah you legally own your child it, it's an english common law and was never changed yeah over here so um, but yeah, uh, it's rated R, which, uh, again, I kind of thought it was PG-13, but then I realized, like, I think movie ratings were stricter a little while ago, and then, like, shit like The Walking Dead being on TV and stuff have kind of pushed them so that more extreme stuff shows up in lower ratings. 
Yeah, we've I mean? all been uh, highly desensitized to everything. And so uh, back in the good old days of 2012, uh, we we were at a point where like, hey, this guy's uh, sticking a needle in a underage girl's neck. That's an R rating. Yeah. But now <laughs> they're doing that in like fucking G-Force 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it had a budget of $25 million. Yeah. Wait, really? And, I thought it was fifteen. And it grossed uh, one hundred and forty-five uh, million. Whoa! Yeah, and it's uh, starring Liam Neeson and oh. Maggie Grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, are we not talking about Taken? <laughs> oh no, no, that's right. That sounds right. Yeah, that's. I think that's about correct. Uh, Liam Neeson, or uh, as stupid people call him, Liam Nelson, because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, That's what I always call him. Oh, let me just bring up the synopsis for Stolen. So it's about a dad whose daughter gets stolen. Yeah, that uh, sounds right. And the dad has to get the daughter back by himself. He has to use a specific set of skills that yes. he's developed. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. Because of his background, he has a specific set of skills. Right, and mm. so he's trying to Oh, get shit, I'm being taken again. <laughs> <laughs> what is he going to... What is he going to do Like when he finds her? Probably just like give her a high five and walk away. Kill them? Do you think he's... Well, <laughs> I don't know. Let's, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Directed by Simon West. Oh, Produced... let's wait. Let's quick watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> wait, uh, take it or stole it? <laughs> uh, which, which one are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we, we should watch both just to be safe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> we should out. watch them both at the same time. Uh, this was uh, produced by Millennium Entertainment. New Image Films, where new is spelt like new metal. So, I think, I think Jonathan Davis uh, makes coin. a cameo. <laughs> um, and uh, Saturn Films, which, if you'll remember, Mr. Cage owns Saturn Films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this runs for a mercifully short 96 minutes. Taken 94 minutes. Ooh, Ooh. mercifully shorter <laughs> and better. Damn. Um, in those two minutes, you can tell that this is the much better film. There's, you just <laughs> chop off those two minutes, isolate it. Does Taken have a one-legged, seven-fingered man? Does it have Lieutenant so. Dan, only he's only missing one leg instead <laughs> of two? Does it have Lieutenant Dan uh, being played by Matthew McConaughey from the first season of True Detective? Because uh, that's what I came here for. Does it have Lieutenant Dan... Insert a joke here later so I can fit in. Yeah, I can't believe. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! I can't believe you would say something so racist, though. Yeah, I mean, not everyone likes the Germans. Well, <laughs> you know those goddamn Germans and Italians. Don't get me started <laughs> on those goddamn Italians <laughs> and the Irish. So, uh, uh, budget fifteen million dollars. Box office gross, $17,900,000. So, in the black! In the black! This is a double in the black feature. Just barely in the black. The other one made twice its budget back. This one made its That's budget a different plus thing I watch. a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, this movie uh, was in the black, but also changed cinema forever. Uh, I'm talking about Taken. <laughs> um... Relaunched Liam, ne Liam Neeson's career. And yes, because uh, what's great about being a white man in Hollywood is that as soon as you turn 60, 
you turn into an action hero. It's true. So. And I, this really does belong to a specific genre of action movie that has been quite popular for probably the last 10, 15 years now, uh, which is old dudes doing action-y things, and it's meant to appeal to, you know... Like dads, dads, dads who think they could take a terrorist because they mowed the lawn twice in a week one time. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, I think... This kind of role is what Nicolas Cage is the best at, where he is the dad. For sure. Uh, like, yeah. I, I don't know, just like his look and how he acts just fits perfectly for a dad character. Yeah, yeah. He's a little more believable in this type of stuff, especially nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah, now that he's a little fluffier. <laughs> no offense. Still it's just straight. more dad to love. Exactly. exactly. It's a dad bot. Yeah. He's the uh, initiator of the dad bot craze, <laughs> uh, probably. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, twenty percent on the tomato meter, audience score thirty four percent. So again, literally, actually, this is about rated what G Force was, and you know what? They're both spy thrillers, kind of. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> they both have the FBI. And no spoilers, but they both landed smack dab in the middle of my cage fight ranking. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, oh, directed uh, by Simon West, we said that. Yeah. Um, but he uh, also directed another Nicolas Cage feature, Con Air. Uh-huh. Which, if G-Force doesn't... G-Force or Zandali, if they don't blast their way through to the final round, Con Air is, uh, unironically, my top pick. So, <laughs> um, but he also directed uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, and The Expendables. So he this does feel very expendables. Yeah, he yeah, has uh, some experience uh, in this in this genre, um, and in it's the written, action motion picture genre. Yeah, of films written by uh, David Guggenheim, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, who is writing uh, the new Bad Boys movie and the Uncharted movie? Which I, ma- think, I didn't even know they were making an Uncharted. Movie. I think it's called Dora the Explorer. But yeah. <laughs> I, let me look at the uh, fun facts about this one. Um, absolutely nothing. Oh. <laughs> hey, wait, I got one here. Uh, Clive Owen and Jason Statham were originally going to play Cage's role at some point, but they got Nicolas Cage, yeah, which I, is probably how Saturn Films ended up producing this too. I don't know if it was going to produce it without Cage there, but... Yeah. Hmm. It was probably uh, a case of, uh, hey... We we landed our third choice, uh, and he wants to co-produce. I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck it. Also, uh, the guy who plays Vincent in this movie, Josh Lucas, also starred in a movie called Stolen that came out in 2009. Wait, so, really? Yeah, this is his second movie called Stolen. Oh boy, uh, this is like that one time. A bunch of guys made a movie called Bangkok Dangerous and then made another movie called Bangkok, Bangkok. Dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which um, was worse. <laughs> but also, I, I don't know if the 2009 stolen is better or worse, but... Um, it's not got cage. It, it's true, which I think makes it worse automatically. But uh, Okay, I do have one fun fact for this movie. There's a character in this movie named Hoyt, which is part of the name of our the director of G-Force, and at least three of his family members. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, um, there's that. Yeah. Um, uh. So, uh, oh, here's another fun fact for the viewer. This is, I believe at this point, our fourth movie set in New Orleans. The, I <laughs> Honestly, 
I almost it didn't almost didn't register to me because like so many of these movies have just been in New Orleans that when it opened <laughs> up and it was like Mardi Gras, yeah, Mardi Gras is going on, and I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's Nicolas Cage. So uh, moving on to a little plot summary here. The uh, the FBI is looking for a team of people, and then like, bam, zooms in on the team of people they're looking for. They're watching the out on team. You know what? We could call them the A team, yeah, <laughs> because there there ain't no B team here. <laughs> yeah, so they're they're watching this uh, group of people who they've apparently been following for some time, uh, and they've been like observing them casing a jewelry store, um, and so they're like. We're going to catch these guys in the act of robbing this jewelry store. But hey, guess what? The jewelry store is next to a toy store, which is attached to a bank. <laughs> hey! Yeah, and in the weirdest plan ever, well, Cage is sitting in a van and he's talking to his daughter on the phone. Oh, yes. One of his colleagues, I guess, who is also a robber, is like all bitter and he's like, why are we listening to CCR? Why are you fucking, why, why are you talking to your daughter before a robbery? Why do you do <laughs> things? I hate you. Why, <laughs> You're annoying. They also hammer in the fact that he listens to CCR every single time they do a heist. Mm -hmm. Which then never comes up again. Oh, it does. It does at one point it does at about one point, CCR. And it doesn't affect anything okay. at all. It's just like a complete <laughs> one-off line. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they're, they're about to break in to well they break into the toy store they break into the toy store and then uh from there move somewhere else the the fbi is listening with like extra you know shotgun mics or something that pick up like long range yeah highly directional audio that you would order from like a spy kit when you were a kid <laughs> yeah and uh and they're like, oh, we heard an explosion. They're going through the wall into the jewelry store next door. So they charge into the jewelry store and oh, they're not there. They're Nobody's robbing there. the bank. They're robbing the bank on the other Wait, side. They're, what if they're robbing the toy store? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they go through the toy store and break into the bank. And for some reason, the FBI didn't think, hey, this toy store is surrounded by a jewelry store and a bank. Both of which are highly robbable things that, uh, that they might, if they're not going to one, they might be going to the other. But um, it's actually kind of convenient because you can like drop your kid off at the toy store and then like go rob a jewelry store quick and then come <laughs> back and they'll still be wandering. Yeah. So uh, they break into the vault and uh, they there's like $10 million cash there. And then the guy who's all mad about CCR, whose name is Vincent. Uh, Good old Vinny. He's like staring at a bunch of gold bars that are in the bank, and he's like, "Look at these gold bars." And Cage is like, "Hey, these weigh those weigh twenty seven point four pounds. Uh, how many of those can you carry? I got ten million dollars right here, cash, and we can run out with this." But the point is, the gold bars have been pointing out. <laughs> yes. So, and and what is uh Vincent's reason for wanting these gold bars? Not specifically because they're worth money, but because they're shiny. Yep. Shiny. So he, I like shinies. He's uh basically a child. Um, well, but, and an airtight robber, brilliant man. Yeah, he's he's really got it all going on. Uh, <laughs> he's like Stacy's mom. He's <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> Wait, is she dead? <laughs> I think uh, I think I just saw something recently that Stacy's mom from Stacy's mom is dead. But <laughs> damn, <laughs> even if she's not, I'm willing to say rest in peace <laughs> to those jugs. Hey. 
Uh, yeah, they're probably a lot flabbier now than they were then. So. <laughs> There's also a part where, uh, so when they first enter this vault, um, and they're, they're shoving like $10 million, as you said, into some duffel bags, and Nicolas Cage looks at the camera and he's like, how come we only got 250000 from Trapped in Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe it's because banks, as a standard, generally don't keep any more than $500,000 in their vault. I don't know why I know that. FBI, don't be watching me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Nick, uh, I, let's not talk about the fact that he had plans to go to a toy store later. Uh, don't worry, they just keep like millions of dollars in gold bars. Yeah, that too. Yeah, so if you get if you get bored from stealing ten million dollars in cash, you can uh, you know. And they definitely keep it there over eight years. Yeah, for for the course of eight years, there's just going to be, you know shitload of gold bars in there. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and luckily the ground beneath the gold bar is completely hollow, but we'll talk about that later. So Yeah, so uh, they, they bust out the back of the bank, they're running out, and there's some random guy in the alley who is loading his car with a bunch of shit for wait, some reason. Why is he there? He's I like, have no I think idea. They said he's like a janitor or something. Oh, yeah. for the. Well, the but why did he have a bunch of random shit in the back of his hatchback car that he's just <laughs> sitting there loading more shit into? I was really, I don't know. But it was strange. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Vinny. Um, good old Vin. Yeah. He's like... We gotta pop this guy. Punches the guy in the face and then is about to kill him. And Cage is like, no, we don't kill people. And then he's like, but he saw us. So I'm gonna kill him. And he delivers in a really cheesy way. I've been to prison and I didn't like it. <laughs> it's something around there. I, I, but Let yeah. me tell you something. It wasn't fun. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, guys... Uh, Vinny is my favorite part of this movie, personally. Oh, same. I couldn't stand him. <laughs> really? He was my favorite he, he, part because he it, was so, such a cartoonish yeah. character. Yeah. I actually liked him in this beginning heist part where it's like he's just uh, the crazy loose cannon guy or whatever. Yeah. But soon he, he turns into like the crazy cut off his fingers, one legged weirdo. I was just like, oh, no thanks. Because he's numb now. Like a statue. <laughs> so dumb. It's, that's what I liked about him, that he's a cartoonish, over-the-top villain. It kind of reminded me of, like, Eddie, but not quite that over-the-top. But the not top. good. Yeah. yeah, not good. But this uh, this opening bank robbery scene is honestly pretty tense. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I was... It was uh, pretty promising. Yeah. Uh, when they were kind of doing the side-by-side of the FBI guys, like, running through the bank and them trying to escape out the alley, I was... Uh, I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I was a little nervous. Um, so yeah, they Cage doesn't want to shoot this poor janitor question mark, whoever <laughs> the fuck this guy is in the alley behind the bank. Yeah. So um, he he uh starts punching Vincent and accidentally, I think, I don't know, shoots him in the leg with his own with Vincent's gun. Yeah, like, this was very confusing because I wasn't sure if I was supposed to believe that Nicholas Cage had shot Vincent in the leg and was saying that Vincent shot himself or if he actually shot himself. And yeah. uh, Vincent had the gun and like cage was like pulling his gun down and the gun went off. Yeah. So I think either way you could be technically like, right. Yeah. It was, it all happened. Maybe very that's fast. the point. It's a yeah. disagreement. And even the audience doesn't agree on it right here. Shit. Da, da, da. Um, well, we can agree on one thing. Prison isn't fun. <laughs> uh, so, so he uh cage hauls him back to the van 
And then he's like, oh, shit, we left the money over there. And they're like, oops. They're like, we <laughs> yeah, got You know the reason we were here? <laughs> Can't it, it, I got to go back at that $10 million. And they're like, there's no time. We got to go. And he's like, but it's the $10 The whole defense for yeah, taking like, the money is that it wasn't that heavy. Throw it over your shoulder and drag the guy. <laughs> the cops are coming for you and you know it. Yeah, like, why, why did you not drag the money with you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So he goes back over there to get the fucking money. And, uh... Then the van is like, well, we're not waiting for you. And he just takes off. And So they, they effectively, uh, they come up empty. They just drive off. And instead of having any money or anything whatsoever, they just got a guy with a bullet in his leg. And uh, Nicolas Cage is left with $10 million. And, uh, you know, just. And he gets the way and that's the end of the movie. To not go to yep. prison. And it's all over. That was it. <laughs> Yeah. He stole. It was stolen. The <laughs> it money was stolen. Was stolen. Uh, but they had this whole after credit sequence that was really <laughs> long. Really fucking. Yeah, long. it was like a what if. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the the cops pull up and uh, surrounding him while he's standing there, and he just kicks their patooties. Yeah, just gives them a good. <laughs> he karate chops the shit out of these guys, and he steals a cop car and gets away. This whole opening was definitely just somebody played Grand Theft Auto, and they were like. What if we put yeah. this in a movie? <laughs> this whole action sequence of him in the car, like driving around, it was just very over the top, but not in a good way. Yeah. Like it was just like. I mean, it did just make me want to play Grand Theft Auto because he effectively did what I always do, which is steal a cop car and then try to lose your stars <laughs> by going to a driving park, into parking like, structure. Yes, exactly. Because they can't see up they, the third level. Once like, you go. He, he's obviously played. Yeah. <laughs> He should have just uh, dumped the car and hid in a bush until they drove past. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so he gets in a big car chase. Um, yeah, through a parking garage and um, they're, they're like speeding around. He gets up. They like, keep like cornering him, but he gets out somehow. And he's and... like, guess what? What if I just push your car out of the way? <laughs> Sucker. Stupid. My oh, car yeah. breaks down if I slightly go over a bump. His car can leap off of a ramp. Yeah. And, like... <laughs> and then push an FBI truck out of the way. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he, he ends up in an abandoned building across the street and uh, with a bunch of homeless people in it huddled, huddled around a 55-gallon drum with a fire in it, like all as, homeless as people see. always are, Yeah, <laughs> according to movies. Where do they get all these drums? I don't know. <laughs> this is actually the same group of homeless people from Pay the Ghost. Oh. <laughs> yeah. he, did, he paid the ghost $10 million. <laughs> I mean, he did. And that's uh, why his daughter wasn't taken for eight years. That's why they had to put the fire out and pay the ghost because yep. there was $10 million. In it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he realizes he's going to get captured. So he gets out and like does something with the money that we don't know. Ooh, but they Ooh. keep that suspense up for about 15 minutes. I'm going to spoil it for you guys. He burns the money. <laughs> like, <laughs> he burned the money. He burns it in the 55-gallon drum that the homeless people were huddling, warming their hands around. Um. Yeah, always nice to warm your hands on a cool heart deck of quiche. <laughs> and he uh, he turns himself in and uh, cut to Cage leaving prison. Eight, eight years, years later. later. Oh, boy. He's, and he walks out, and there's a guy there to pick him up from prison who says, Hope, they, hope you got raped every day. That, <laughs> that line was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe my ears when he walks out to a van and a cop tells him, I hope you got raped every single day. Yeah. Who the fuck wrote that and left it in? I want to know why this guy hated Nicolas Cage so much. 
I have no idea. It's that much, especially. Like, especially not even the guy who's like, spoilers for a few scenes later, like, whose wife left him because apparently he was like so obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, why are they so mad at him? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's some other random dude who's that pissed. And like, they made it clear, yeah. like, they don't murder people. It's not like they killed FBI agents or anything. Yeah, you like, beat the shit out of two cops, but they're probably fine. Yeah. yeah. And like, but, uh, he even shows remorse, like, in the cop car when he sees, like, the picture of the family. Yeah. But no, fuck this guy. I get well, raped every day. Was it remorse or was he was like, what, maybe he was like, uh, what if I went and beat the shit out of these kids? <laughs> <laughs> what if I stole their kids? <laughs> Holy shit. Little did we know that cop, Liam Neeson. Yeah, damn right. If you couldn't <laughs> tell by his uh, Scottish accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, um, so uh, they're giving Cage a ride to his daughter's house, and they're like, "Your daughter doesn't want to see you. You're a piece of shit. You were a prison. Now and where's the money? <laughs> where's your freaking ten million? Yeah, we know you hid that money somewhere. Where is it?" And Cage is like, "I don't know. I'm just trying to live my life, bro. Get out." And then he gets out and he visits his daughter, and uh, his daughter doesn't want to see him, and she wants to go to her psychiatrist for a her abandonment issues that were led on by Cage being gone for eight years of her life. and the Eight crucial years, too, because she's probably, like, I don't know, how old do you say, 13? 16. Yeah, I'd say she, she was eight. She, she's somewhere nine. in high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Half uh, her life. Half of her life. Uh, so, uh, after uh, his, he talks to his daughter and tries to give her, like, a, a stuffed bear doll and then her his daughter was named allison yep um allison says like i'm not like eight years old anymore like you suck i'm leaving i'm going to my psychologist she gets in a cab and leaves yeah she looks at the bear and she's like i can't smoke this dad (laughs) (laughs) and uh cage goes to a bar where he meets with his a lady friend an old associate who was also involved in the heist i think yeah Yep. I didn't realize that at Riley. first because she I was saw her in so, the hat. Yeah. I saw her so little in the heist that I, yeah. and I she was feel the like getaway. her hair color was different or something. Yeah, too. she was the getaway driver. But yeah, so he goes and vis- visits with her and she's working there and then she's like, yeah, I'm out of this business now. I just, I'm bartending and I ain't trying to rob places. And then he's like, oh, that's cool. Let's take a shot. Then he gets uh, a phone call. From the... Uh, Phone, uh, wasn't the phone in, like, a mysterious package? Yeah, yeah, it was delivered to his daughter's address, and she gave it to him in the package. Yeah. And, well, he gets a, he, the package starts ringing, so he opens it up and answers it, and it's Vincent. And he's like, hey, Vincent, man, I haven't seen you in forever. Like, oh, hey, Also, at this doing? point, the, they, he's been told that Vincent is dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I think by the cops, and yeah. then, yeah, also by, like, uh, the lady he was just visiting the bartender yeah. and like, your old buddy's been chopped up <laughs> burned alive we found fingers <laughs> and he's he's trying to be all friendly he's like hey vincent how you doing i haven't seen you in forever and vincent's like yeah you suck and he's like i'm sorry man i know i i, I got trapped and i shot you but like hey let's be friends and he's like no 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 i'm not having none of this you suck and then He's like, well, fine. And he's like, I want my share of the $10 million. And Cage is like, but I burned it. And then Vincent is like, oh, yeah? Well, if 
you better find some way to do it because I'm driving the cab with your daughter in it and I've got this syringe full of drugs to knock her out and she's getting real sleepy. Cage is like, ah, I'll get you the money. And then Vincent's like, well, you better. And I'm tracking your phone and uh, to make sure you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, and if you don't answer one phone call, she's dead. You got eight rings. And that's when Nicolas Cage is like, I have a specific set of skills. Yeah. I can press the green button that answers the phone. <laughs> In any circumstance. So, uh... Why are we all doing this voice? <laughs> I don't know. But... Uh, hey, hey, this I'm is Vincent. my go-to voice here. This is what I do. Everybody in the podcast probably figured this out by now. But... We're about to go to Mardi Gras. <laughs> but, uh... We see, uh, we zoom out and we see the cops are following Cage still to see if they can figure out where he left the money. Cause, oh, also, Cage only went away for eight years because he got rid of the money by burning it. If he got caught with the money, he wouldn't been put away in prison for another, like, ten years. So they're all confident that the money's still out there and he hid it. And so the cops are following him to find out where he hid it. Yeah. And, uh... So Cage sees that the cops are following him and just grabs a Mardi Gras mask because it is Mardi Gras in New Orleans. He grabs it from some random stand, puts it on, and the cops magically forget what he looks like, what he's wearing, everything, and just lose him completely. They he's start got pulling a random mask. dudes with a mask. Yeah, I that's, don't get why you're so confused. That's the point of the mask. <laughs> like he, well, he was wearing all black. But he's got a and mask on. he put on. the mask on, and then... <laughs> he's wearing a <laughs> shirt that said, I am... Nicholas Cage's character's name. And then for some reason, as as he, when he walks away, the cops walk up to where he was, and you're like, I've lost him. Where is he? And there's some guy standing there with a mask in a gray suit. Not at all what Cage was wearing. And they lift the mask, and they're like, that's not Cage. And they shove the guy and get mad. That's how masks work. Why are you yeah. so confused? I, I, let's not forget these are the police from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's how he lost his, his stars. So, uh, Cage runs off and he buys a new phone and forwards the calls from his current phone that he just got to this new phone he bought and just puts it on a train as the train is leaving. And so, so he so, can't be tracked. Yeah, so it looks to Vincent like he's going where he's supposed to go to go get the money or something. Yeah, and because uh, he hid the money... Uh, with his a, lawyer, supposedly. Yeah, at, at a train station. Yeah, yeah. except... He he didn't. There is no money. He burned the money. He he legit burned the money. He, he burned the money, this. but uh, nobody wants to believe him because uh, he's an elite bank robber. So. Oh yeah. So uh, after that, Cage goes to the cops and he tells them like, "Hey, Vincent has my daughter kidnapped, and he's gonna kill her if I don't give her the money. If I don't give him the money, but I don't have the money. I burned the money, so I wouldn't get as much time in prison." And the cop is like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you didn't. You just came here." You're telling me this so that we stop looking for where you put that money. But I know you got that money, you son of a bitch. You're yeah. hiding the money. You're pretending the dead guy's alive. Yeah. This guy is dead. Look at this. And he turns pictures of a charred corpse and says, like, we found his fingerprints on this corpse. He is dead. <laughs> um, so uh, Cage is like, fine, then I'll... Do it myself. And on his way out, he beats the shit out of some FBI agents and then steals their key cards so he can ask a, access their computer system and get info on Vincent and the rest of his former crime syndicate people, including uh, that one guy who Hoyt. is chubby with Hoyt. Is Hoyt. that his name? Okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I didn't know what his name was. I only know that because of your fun fact. <laughs> yeah, that's good old Hoyt. And I didn't know that was his name while I was watching the movie, Maybe but they- I certainly know it now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So uh, we cut to Vincent driving around town in his cab with uh, Cage's daughter in the trunk. And she pulls out the taillight of his car so that maybe he'll get pulled over for having a taillight being out. Um, probably then, won't happen. Yeah, probably yeah. won't. And then... Uh, Not during Mardi Gras. This Australian guy gets in the cab while it's, like, sitting at a light and goes, like, Hey, I know I didn't wave you down and you didn't stop for me, but take me somewhere. And Vincent's like, No. And he's like, but Come on. And then Vincent's like, Fine, and starts driving, <laughs> but then, uh, then he decides to pull over in some random spot and just beat the living shit out of this guy and throw him on the side of the curb, and then... And now, of course, it is Mardi Gras, so any crime that you commit in the middle of the street in broad daylight is not seen by it. anybody except for, at best, like a five-year-old kid. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> too drunk to notice. <laughs> this is the part where I started to hate the Vincent character mm-hmm. because it was just like, I felt like they were trying to make him like crazy, uh, crazy, but like smart or whatever. But he just came off as just like a crazy, crazy homeless person. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, like the, it looks like his hair is way longer. He looks disheveled. He's missing a leg now. But like that was when they, he was doing that thing where it's like, Oh, you know about like Mardi Gras and like all the people that came here. Like they were trying to make it sound like, Oh, I yeah, know. I he feel had like something to do. Yeah, they had some like inspiration from Vincent from like the Joker with his like, you yeah. want to see, you want to know how I got these scars story. And he's yeah. always telling like crazy sounding stories. Like this happens like four or five times in this movie. And it, it feels so forced, but it's, it's so funny to watch. His sometimes. character <laughs> is written like a basically a cartoon villain. And like there's even one point where he's like driving his cab and he's like talking to Cage's daughter or whatever. And he's like, your dad screwed me over you see <laughs> like, yeah. he's, like it's it's extremely comical the way that uh they don't even try to hide the fact that he's a completely fucking ridiculous cartoon villain yeah what's well, i think the the best part about all this is this movie tries a lot of attempts at humor that all fall really flat and the funniest thing is how cartoony this fucking villain is yeah <laughs> like, I don't, and how like I, and i don't think that's intentional <laughs> It, it's not. It, they, it definitely seems like uh, when they were writing his character, they tried really hard to make him sound super badass, but uh, didn't really translate very well on screen. We cut to Hoyt's place, where Hoyt is arriving home, and uh, Cage is waiting. He just punches him in the face and says, like, that's for driving away. Now tell me where's Vincent. And he's like... Vincent's dead and he's like I know he's not and he's like okay you're right he's not dead (laughs) (laughs) you got me (laughs) he's driving around town with your daughter in a cab and then just give us the money man (laughs) we want money and he's like well I don't have money and then then they fight and uh, the cops show up and kill Hoyt but Cage gets away yeah because he's a super dad (laughs) super dad jumps off the balcony and he steals some other guy's cab Yes. Uh, well, it the it's uh this is the one of the Grand Theft Auto missions where you get in the cab, but the driver stays in, and you gotta talk keep to going him fast right, yeah. so he doesn't get out of the car. Mm. So he steals a cab and then uses the walkie-talkie to like connect to the dispatcher um, to try to 
locate because he notices the GPS in the cab. He's going to try to get the exact location mm. of Vincent's cab. Um, and so he contacts the, the dispatcher who is basically like a character from a bad SNL sketch. Yep. <laughs> like he's just, this is another character where like, I can see the intent in the writing, but the delivery was just like, it, it was completely obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, I do uh, it was so. Uh, it was also so clearly where, like Dave was saying in G Force, all of Tracy Morgan's lines were very clearly like white guy writing lines for a black guy. All yeah. of these were very much like that too. <laughs> Definitely, because yeah. he's he's talking with like a heavy New Orleans accent, and just like they they make him completely ridiculous and stupid sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, also. This is one thing that confused me. While he's uh, got this cab driver hostage in his own cab, um, he's got a gun to his head the whole time. And uh, instead of being like, hey, you know, my daughter got kidnapped. Uh, she's in a cab. I'm trying to like, I, I feel like uh, maybe trying to touch base with this guy uh, instead of trying to get him to shit his pants might have helped. <laughs> yeah. Um, he might have just gone along with it willingly and not tip the cops off to him later. Right. Like, I thought he was just going to get in the back of the cab and just be like, hey, do that, all that stuff. Yeah. But no, it's just like, I got to be in the driver's seat and hold a gun to your head. Yeah, like, he, like instead of uh, stealing the cab, it probably would have been not too much more difficult to just be like, hey, uh, I could use a hand. Um, and <laughs> Please. Maybe I'll pay you for it or something. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. It was uh, it was a strange sequence of events. But he eventually gets uh, Vincent's general location um, and his uh, medallion number or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, me- meanwhile, Vincent did get pulled over because of his taillight. And the cop hears screaming in the trunk. This is my favorite scene. In the movie. <laughs> this is the scene I wanted to talk about. <laughs> because Such a stupid scene. This is where, like, the, the cartooniness really comes out. Oh, yeah. This is, again, so, where they're trying to make Vincent sound, like, deep or something. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, this is stupid. So the, yeah. the cop walks up to his window and uh, tells him that he's pull, pulled him over for a broken taillight, to which Vincent just, he just chuckles to himself, and he's like, what are you laughing about? And he's like, Mardi Gras going on, you got all these people drunken in the streets, <laughs> and you pull me over for a broken taillight. It reminds me of when my father was dying of bone cancer <laughs> and he was complaining about the nick in his chin from shaving. <laughs> the cop is just like, okay, okay whatever. <laughs> and okay, I thought this was great already. But then the next oh. line happens where he's like, I, I bet you're wondering why a dying man would shave. And the cop literally says, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not. I, I am not. Get your taillight fixed. And he walks. He's walking away. And then Vincent is not done delivering his bad guy dialogue. He yells from the window of the car, because uh, he had tremendous vanity. <laughs> this cop's like, I, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Yeah, but while he's walking away, he hears pounding and screaming from the trunk. And <laughs> and yeah, so he's like, could you pop open this trunk for me? Vincent comes out. He's still giving his <laughs> spiel <laughs> as he's unlocking the trunk. But then he turns around and he's got like a silenced pistol and he shoots the cop a couple times. Yeah, just kills the cop. And uh, again, in broad daylight. Yep. 
in an alley, but essentially in the middle of the street. Well, yeah, and the parade's like going down on the street that's at the end of the alley. There so. are dozens of people just walking by a cop getting <laughs> murdered. But why does he open the trunk? I don't know. That's a very good question. Because like Chloe just gets out and starts running. Or yeah, not Chloe, I'm sorry. I have no Allison. idea why I call her Chloe. Allison. Yeah, he yeah killed- like, why, if he was just going to turn and shoot the cop anyway, why did he actually unlock the trunk? Because <laughs> uh, he oh. turns around and she gone. Yep. Yeah, uh, but Vincent catches up to her and uh, just drugs her in the neck again. And then he's like, you see, you're dead. He fucked me over. So I'm going to fuck him over. <laughs> and... Like, he's also, he's like, yeah, I faked my own death. You see the fingers on this hand? I cut them off. The fi- he's like, oh, you got real pretty fingerprints. I had those too, but then I put them on a corpse and faked my death. Like, he, see, he even gets a little bit parts. too into it. He's like, you, they can use these lines on your finger to track you down. <laughs> okay, thank you uh, for explaining fingerprints to me. I'm in high school. That's why I hated this character so much because it's like they're trying so hard to make him seem like it was, it was a, such a deep villain and so he is ridiculous. not he's, he's just not an all. idiot he's a homeless man and now i don't think we have to re- reiterate this but he drugs the daughter again in broad daylight <laughs> there's people everywhere i cannot yeah, like, stress like enough 20 how many feet away people. there's a whole crowd <laughs> there's a there's a fence between him and dozens of people <laughs> while he's just drugging a girl in the neck yeah <laughs> In front of all fingerprints. The only person who sees is a little kid who he like yells at this kid, like, what are you looking at, twerp? And the kid like flips him off, but they don't show it long enough to like be like, ha, the kid flipped him off. They like, you see the little kid like start to flash his middle finger and they cut away right away. It was very strange. (laughs) I I, I didn't even notice the middle finger. I just, I thought he was like drinking a milkshake or something. Yeah, he was like about to flip him off and they were like, oh, wait, maybe we. Maybe we should only show half a second of that. <laughs> so um, we cut back to Cage, and uh, the cops have caught up to the cab that he's in now, and uh, they arrest him, they get him, they arrest him, put him in the back of their car, and uh, they take his phone out and put it on the dash, and it starts... You know, like you do. Yeah, like, you like they all do. And it starts ringing. And uh, Cage is like, hey, I've got to answer that right now or he's going to kill my daughter. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Vincent, he's alive and he's going to kill your daughter. You're full of shit. Uh, And they keep driving. So Cage just goes like, and breaks through his handcuffs. No, 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 he He breaks his thumb so he he, can get out. Oh, yeah, he breaks his thumb so he can slip out of the handcuffs. And then he like smashes them in the head, (laughs) flips the car, causing the... FBI truck following them to also flip, and uh, I think everybody survives, though. And also, his phone is okay. <laughs> yep, his phone's fine, and he picks it up and answers the call right after the car flip. He managed to break his thumb, knock out two cops, and escape a flipped vehicle, and still answer the phone in eight rings. And during the uh, answering the phone, he just, like, re-does his thumb, so it's fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's just like... Literally Ow. in the next oh. scene, he's like emoting with his hands, and I was like, "Did you not just break at least one no, finger?" No, it's you dislocate your thumb so that you can squeeze out a hand. Oh. Do you not know how to escape from handcuffs? <laughs> you know what? I'm pretending not to for the sake of uh, this medium. Um, so uh, he uh, 
he gets a call from Vincent. <laughs> and he's uh, Vincent's like, you're really cutting it close to the wire here. You got to get that goddamn money for me. And uh, Cage is just like, look, I, 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 I don't know. I'm trying to do it. I, I don't have the money. I burned it. And he's like, you don't have the money, do you? And he's like, you really don't. He's like, no, but I'll get it for you instead of just saying, like, <laughs> no, uh, I don't have money. Yeah. No, no, I'll still get you $10 million, though. Yeah. And uh, he says, I'll do it by robbing again. <laughs> and uh, so after that, he calls the bartender lady and tells her in Swedish for some reason <laughs> to go meet him somewhere. At the usual spot. Yeah, at the usual spot. And that is all of the Swedish spoken in this film. <laughs> yeah, I at this point, I had to look up and I was just like, wait, wait, why did it change languages? <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he tells her like, hey. Uh, Vincent's got my daughter, he's alive, he's gonna kill her if I don't get him $10 million. I don't have $10 million, but I'm gonna rob that bank again to get him $10 million so that he can, he won't kill my daughter. And she's just like, okay, I don't, or, no, he didn't say anything about his daughter. She's like, why you wanna rob a bank again for that? That's dumb, that's like, stupid. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, I, I forgot to tell you why. Uh, he's gonna kill my daughter. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna kill my daughter. And she's like, oh, okay, well, cool, we'll go rob the bank again. So, uh, uh, the, and then we get a shot of the cops going to the cab company and looking through the cab company's records and they see that Vincent is still alive. So, and they're like, oh, that's Vincent. Didn't, what? I don't remember. Yeah. I was going to say D'Onofrio. That's Vincent D'Onofrio. And he looks like shit. It, and they're like, he's alive still, I guess. So then we cut back to Cage and uh, his lady accomplice, and they are under the in the sewer underneath the bank vault, and they burn through the floor with a blowtorch and then melt the gold so it falls through the hole. And uh, Genius. Yeah, brilliant plan. If this was so easy to do with only two people, why didn't they do that the first time? Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey. <laughs> I think he didn't know that the gold was there the first time. He thought it was just money in the bank vault. Because she says after him, he's like, you've been planning that for eight years, haven't you? And he's like, I didn't have anything else to do in prison. And How in the fuck did they manage to find the exact location of that vault, though, underground? Yeah, through the, the sewer system. Yeah, she's uh, like, I think it's right here. <laughs> all bank robbers have sonar well oh, also yeah. they don't mention this like in the opening of the movie when they're robbing the bank they actually only as far as i remember only mention it one time in the movie that apparently nicholas cage is like this elite best bank robber of yeah, all he's time. the best bank robber in the world yeah and well you know why that is right because he has a specific set of skills no it's because he actually got a team of rodents to help that are genetically <laughs> modified uh, a team of rodents and john lovitz and dana carvey <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> trapped in g-force uh while this is happening there's the most mad scientist thing i've seen in a movie in a long time because cage has on like go welding goggles that look like just swimming goggles but with tints <laughs> and he's like blasting a blowtorch into the floor and um his accomplice is like the, the fire alarm's got to gone off by now. The cops are on their way here. And he's like, yeah, I just want to see if I can get a little more gold out of this. And he said he has the <laughs> craziest delivery of that, too. And he's like, I just got to get a little more gold out. So he's he's like channeling his inner Vincent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they they collect the melted gold 
blobs that have turned into blocks there and start carrying carry them away in a bag and they drive away in a pickup truck but uh the cops pull up and stop the pickup truck but cage is already gone and his lady accomplice is just left behind there to give witty one-liners to the cops <laughs> um, and uh so he's going to meet up with vincent gives vincent the gold in the duffel bag and vincent is just like that's the money but also you hurt the one thing I loved, me. <laughs> he literally says he literally that. literally says yeah, that. Yeah. And, then, and then he's like, so I'm going to hurt the one thing you love. Because you love your daughter for real. I remember from that Care Bears conversation in the car. And then Remember just, when you talked to her on the phone? And we, this is, they do the CCR thing again. Yeah, like they it's talk like, about... There was no CCR this time. <laughs> yeah, like, cool, that paid off. Yeah, yeah great payoff there. It's like, did you listen to CCR while you robbed this thing? <laughs> no. Uh, but, um, yeah, he kicks over a can of gas, lights the car on fire with, uh, with Allison in the trunk. Yeah. And then Cage is like, no, you're not going to kill her. And he gets in the car, like punches Vincent, knock, like knocks him down and like gets in the car and drives it into the water to try and put it out. Vincent at this point is completely engulfed in flames. Uh, and... Uh. Did Vincent just become, like, the Terminator for these last few scenes? I think he Like, did. I felt like he just, like, kept coming back, like, more and more, like, scarred. Yeah, and there, there was a little bit of a... He was, like, halfway to uh, Freddy Krueger uh, yeah. when we see him again in a minute. Mm. So, yeah, Cage drives the car into the, into the pond or whatever to put out the fire. Lagoon or Lagoon. something. Legume. Yep, he drives it into a bean. <laughs> um, but then... Zombie Freddy Krueger Vincent comes out. <laughs> he just pops out of the water all of a yeah. sudden. And, and uh, while Cage is trying to open the trunk and get his daughter out as it's slowly filling with water. And yeah. they fight and, I don't know, Cage like knocks him down and he's underwater for some reason. Or Vincent is just hanging around underwater. And Cage gets a crowbar from somewhere. I don't know. I looked down and I looked up again and he had a crowbar all of a sudden. I don't, I don't know where he grabbed it from. but It uh, was there. I, like, <laughs> Did he? I think he got it from inside Vincent, and so he puts it back where he got it from. <laughs> yeah, he, he uses the crowbar to pop the trunk open, and then Vincent is like, I'm gonna kill you. And then he's like, Just no, and stabs <laughs> Vincent in, with oh, the not. crowbar, and Vincent yeah. dies. And uh, oh, in all that commotion, Vincent shot uh, Cage at some point, so oh, he's yeah. got a gunshot wound. Now that he's got his daughter out and brings her back to the shore, he's like, oh, I forgot, I'm dying. <laughs> also, I think this is by far one of the worst death scenes I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Because, like, Allison's over, like, keeps, like, saying, like, oh, just hang on, like, you know, generic stuff. Mm. And Nick Cage the whole time is just like, eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> so the cops show up and in a helicopter and airlift Cage and his daughter out of there, and then... And on the, on the air, or helicopter, he's just like, eh. yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm dying. Eh. And then his daughter's like, are you going to take him to jail? And he's like, uh, the cop is like, no, because it looks like Vincent stole all that gold, right? And then Cage is like, <laughs> but like nodding while he says it and then passes out. And uh, bam, it seems like Cage is dead. But that is immediately ruined by the cut to the next scene where Cage is standing there. Cooking <laughs> dinner. And it's him and his lady associate and his daughter are all grilling dinner and the cops are listening to him. You know who's still not there? Yeah. 
The mom. Where the fuck is this mom? Yeah, like her daughter was kidnapped in like this weird giant conspiracy. She's still not around. And um, apparently Cage kept a lump of gold worth $300,000. And uh, the cops are listening to him to see if he has it or not. And uh, his lady associate is like, just get rid of it. It's not worth the hassle. You're going to sell it, and then and then the cops will be on you again and get you for that. And he's like, all right. He throws it into the bay. And the cop... Oh, and they do... Like, right before he does it, they do that weird scene where they show, like, the two FBI agents who are after him. Uh-huh. Where, like, one of them's like, throw it, throw it. And the other one's like, no, don't throw it, don't throw it. It's like, why does that guy hate him so much? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. But, yeah, he throws it, and uh, the cop... Who was telling yelling or whispering throw it? Well, actually, he was yelling it, and Cage probably could have heard it from the shoreline because they weren't that far away. Um, it's just like, yes, now I can go back to my regular life where I don't have to obsess over you, Cage. And Hopefully, my wife will take me back. <laughs> and then uh, we cut into the water, and uh, it looks like Cage just threw a pineapple or something yeah, it's like a ceramic pineapple that was on the table where yeah. they were grilling yeah and he actually kept the gold so he's getting away with the gold and yeah. the cops are none the wiser Ooh, got him Ooh, what a twist Ugh. what a twist and then vincent jumps up out of the water <laughs> and he's like i'll be back <laughs> i'll be back in stolen too so that's stolen um that sure was Overall thoughts on Stolen? Uh, I felt like this was a super generic action movie. Yes. Highly generic, yeah. With terrible writing. Yes, this was just a horrible script. Honestly, (laughs) I feel like if they would have made Vincent just a normal human being, it would have worked better. Yeah, because like, that wouldn't help with all the failed attempts at humor, too. But yeah, like, uh, the, the guy who is playing Vincent uh, is, is not, like, doing a poor job of it. No, Like, no. if he had uh, some monologues that weren't corny as fuck. Yeah. Or made sense for the situation. Right, not like, just, like, like yelling why at is he, Yeah, why is he yelling at this guy about his dad with bone cancer? I bet you wonder why a dying man would shave. <laughs> like... like <laughs> I like, that didn't even cross my mind until he said it. <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, I, it was all fucking weird. Um, yeah, the, Vincent's hammy writing for him is really the thing that saved this movie for me. That the only part of it that I enjoyed. That's that's what ruined it for me. Really? Yeah. Like, I see, it, I feel like without that, it would have just been a bland action movie. But with yeah. that, it was a bland action movie I could laugh at. Yeah, I would have preferred I, a bland action movie. I, I was definitely thankful for Vincent's uh, poor writing because uh, it, it kept me engaged every time I was like, okay, what the fuck is he going to talk about now? <laughs> I feel like maybe the Vincent character was meant for Nicolas Cage more and it would have yeah. yeah, worked a bit if better. If Nicolas Cage had played that, this would have been up there. This Honestly, would have been another like Deadpool, Deadfall worthy type role. Yeah, of- put Jason Statham in the dad role and then give us <laughs> Cage's Vincent because that would have been great. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what it was about this movie in particular, but just like watching it, I was just like, oh, yeah, like and I would have rather have turned my brain off and just watch a bunch of explosions and yeah. guy run from the FBI like and just enjoyed it. But like they kept trying to throw in this deep character that's not deep at all mm. and trying to make him seem 
I don't even know like what they were trying to do with him. Like, yeah, yeah. they were trying to make it. I think they were really inspired by the Dark Knight's Joker with just a crazy villain. You know what I mean? Who like makes speeches yeah. about how crazy he is and it's intimidating and funny. Because this came out in 2012, it wasn't that long after yeah. that type of thing. And um, a, a thing I want to point out too, it's full of really bad editing and cuts. Like I remember, there's one point where for, they're talking about something, uh, like. Uh, they're saying like we're gonna take a ferry somewhere, which I didn't mention in the plot summary because it was really irrelevant. But yeah, like they cut in the middle of that to do an aerial like tracking shot of a ferry, and then they cut back to them talking, and I'm just like, why was that there? <laughs> like the, you just like cut to in case you didn't know what a ferry was. Yeah, like, I don't know. there was just, just uh, like there were points in the movie where they they were doing a decent job of building suspense, and I kept like wondering if their movie was actually gonna redeem itself because I, I wanted to see what happened next but then they would pull some shit like that where uh, it the movie really does a good job of reassuring you that none of this fucking matters and this movie is stupid but I think that's why I critique this one a lot more than like G-Force whereas like G-Force is meant for like dumb kids to just watch a bunch of hamsters do backflips yeah, yeah. what's this where, movie's excuse yeah where, like, <laughs> this is like meant for adults like, <laughs> like you're supposed to have and pay attention to this movie yeah. like and like we talked about it at the beginning about like how they can make movies for just like action stuff like godzilla just have monsters or the expendables movies or like any of that stuff just have cool action scenes yeah, yeah. but then, this really doesn't have any yeah it, it doesn't have like any one. standout action <laughs> moments it doesn't have any standout characters to me at least doesn't have a boat like, chase yeah like bangkok um i I don't know i just i could not get into this movie at all another thing i want to say about this is the soundtrack sounded like they just googled like 90s spy movie and just picked the first (laughs) results and and slapped it in there because like you constantly hear this like vague like sort of mission impossible ripoff (laughs) and this movie came out in 2012 like that style of soundtrack was well in the past you know what i mean like it's it was anachronist for that time too i think i think that's what this movie was too it was like trying to be taken obviously but then also be like mission impossible with the bank heist or like heat or something like that yeah Yeah. a little bit of joker as the villain and i feel like it it kept trying to be those like multiple different kinds of things and like none of them meshed together really yeah, well. It just didn't know what it wanted to be. It was trying to be an amalgamation of all those things, but it, it didn't really deliver on any of those fronts where I think they had it right in the beginning doing like a heist kind of movie. Like, yeah, if this would have just fine. Been, if this would have just been about like heisting stuff, I think it would have gone a lot better. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. If you can give me what heat gave me in half the time, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Heat's great. But this was not. No. So, uh, I guess that's our thoughts. Shall we bring <laughs> yeah. this to a vote? Sure. Yes. Uh, it's tradition. Dave, can we get a countdown? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So, in three, two, two one. G-Force. G-Force. Yes, G-Force! <laughs> Damn it. I, I actually did prefer this just because of fucking Vincent. I was <laughs> not sure how that vote was going to go. <laughs> I wasn't I, either. I, I thought for I, sure Stolen would win. When I finished Stolen, I sat there and I was like, which one of these movies 
do I like more? I legitimately don't know. I didn't like watching either of those. And I settled on Stolen 1 because I thought Vincent was kind of unintentionally hilarious. And 2, it had more Nicolas Cage. So It did have more Nicolas Cage. It, it, is, it is more of a Cage movie. Um, but I, I did feel like in Stolen, Nicolas Cage just played generic white actor. Yeah, it could have been anyone. Yeah, Where at least of... in G Force, he was he, a, was, uh, he was the main villain. That, he was like, a mole who knew Mandarin. So. Yeah. He wasn't in the movie for eighty percent of it. Yeah, uh, just because you're not in true. the most amount of time doesn't mean you can't be memorable. Here's here's my stance on uh, where G Force belongs in this tournament. Uh, not in one. it anymore because Stolen should have won. <laughs> so I, I feel like uh, uh, once we get really into it, we're going to have to, uh, you know, differentiate what what is a cage movie? You know, when we get to stuff like uh, Spider-Verse and the Teen Titans movie and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I felt like he was a prominent enough role in G-Force that I'm comfortable voting for that in this first round, at least. Uh, I, you guys keep saying how like he wasn't what like a big part of g-force he was the main bad guy i i like didn't he say was the for like fucking 10 minutes of it yeah well he he disappeared he's still the main for, bad guy for most of the movie he is the main bad guy and it's a fairly big role but the this FBI one gave us is the main bad guy in that movie he's the vincent of g-force <laughs> the fbi didn't make a network of satellites to destroy the planet that was nicholas cage yeah I Honestly, mean, I know my opinion doesn't matter, and you guys are trying to fire me again. And that's <laughs> fine. And I didn't see Stolen. I'll be real. I, I I had a chance to see Stolen, and I sat in my room and watched videos of people doing yo-yo tricks. Honestly, you um, did not miss, but, miss much. But uh, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm voting for Stolen. I, I I you guys don't need my vote again. I know we I'm are fired. now we are now changing the rules so that Dave's vote matters. There's a tie. No. And because the then Zandali wouldn't have won, so fuck you. G-Force <laughs> no, wins, I'm on. <laughs> All right, let's, let's put Zandali through on this matchup, too. We'll have Zandali twice in the next round. Uh, it'll be Zandali no, versus no, Stolen. Nope, All right. Nope. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Good with See that. you later. G-Force wins. Bye. I, I honestly wasn't sure which way I was going to go on this. Uh, Zach is, in fact, leaving. Uh, that was uh, not a bit. Wait, uh, really? Uh, he's, he's not at the mic. He's gone. He's he's out ski, um, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't I wasn't sure how I was gonna vote uh, exactly because I thought both of these movies were not good but fine. Yeah. Um, and Stolen uh, definitely had some redeeming qualities, and I I there was part of me that wanted to rewatch it for the next round, but there's just not enough gophers in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I personally thought they were both not good, but G-Force was just mediocre and didn't really have anything that I'd want to see again, but Stolen, not that I'd really particularly want to see it again. G-Force was an enjoyable, friendly, friendly <laughs> round. <laughs> um, stolen, uh, stolen had a hammy villain, which I am just all for, personally. I love. And Zach's back. <laughs> you can watch it on your own time. It didn't win. I, I will say that... The, I'm not, I wouldn't watch it again if it didn't advance in this tournament. But The scene of Vincent getting pulled over is my favorite scene of any movie we've watched so far. Wait, even more than some of the Deadfall stuff? Hi, fucking yeah! The Deadfall stuff is great, but uh, I was kind of expecting Cage to go off. I wasn't expecting Vincent to be like, 
I bet you're wondering why a dying man was shaving. <laughs> you think I'm a fucking retard, man? You think I'm a fucking retard? See, that's why I voted for Stolen, because it brought back some of the Deadfall nostalgia. Don't worry, from, we're watching Deadfall. Know, just a little while ago. It's true, we'll watch Deadfall again. But, um, anyways. G-Force, to the end. Gang, gang. G-Force won, despite my protests, and uh, I think I'm going to have to fire everyone here. <laughs> it's just going to be me talking about cage movies. Um, and I uh, fire you, so... Um, who's going to hit record, then? Uh, I'll, right. I'll hit record, and then I'll run over here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to fire Nick and Dave, and I'm going to hire a new engineer, and me and Zach are going to start a G-Force podcast. <laughs> Every week we go in depth on every character in G Force and the G Force extended universe. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, uh, next week is next. No, the Sunny and the Wicker Man. Yep, which I've been eagerly anticipating. The Not Wicker the Man. Beast. I have I've never seen, seen the Wicker Man, and I cannot wait. I, yeah. I remember seeing it when I was I don't know, like ten or something, and I remember liking it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sonny is directed by Nicholas Cage or some bullshit and has James Franco. Who cares? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it's directed by him? Yeah. Directed, directed by Nicholas Cage um, and starring James Franco as the titular character who probably doesn't even get stung by bees. So, <laughs> probably not. So he's it's going to lose. Don't even yeah. listen to next episode. Who gives a fuck? Where? <laughs> Just watch Wicker Man. <laughs> Just watch Wicker Man. And uh, we'll see you in two episodes. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a quick shameless plug here. I'm going to be spending the week in the studio with. The boys themselves, national pleasure. Oh, shit. So hopefully I'll come back with a new tune for you guys, but I might come back with news of the band broke up. We'll find out. Oh, I thought they all the suspense. Did where did we leave off with them? Did they all kill each other on tour? Or how many? No, there none of them are seeing eye to eye again. Vincent's drinking again. Um, well, both of the brothers are drinking again. I don't think they're speaking. Um, yeah, um, last I heard, Kits was wanting to quit the band, but he just thinks the money is too good. I probably shouldn't be airing this out on the podcast again. But It's okay. Um, I don't think yeah, they actually listen to this. I haven't seen them since this. a little tour bit. Um, you, uh, you know, Purvis texts me very regularly, and I saw Arlo driving a truck recently. Oh, shit. Oh, I shit. I thought he had his license taken away. No, see, I thought so, too, but... Nope. I thought he was too, um, what do they call it, smacked out on heroin to drive a vehicle. <laughs> Maybe he's just driving without a license. I don't know. Yeah, he could be. I mean, they do live on the wild side. Yeah, just they're... like Nicolas Cage. Just like <laughs> Nicolas Cage. And, well, they're pieces of shit, though. So, uh, I guess we'll see you next time. See ya. Cage Fight is brought to you by the National Broadcast Association. Now, Paul Harvey News. Cage Fight! This has been a solid work production. Solid work. Solid work. Uh, solid work. Hey, solid, solid work. work.